Freddy's back. This week on This Werewolves, we head to Springwood to discuss A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, and A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. This Werewolves Horror Podcast, the podcast that discusses all things horror. I'm Brett. I'm David. David. Yeah. Every so often, we have a guest. Mm, yeah, we do that sometimes. <laughs> but it's not often. It's no. every so often. A special treat. Which means rarely. Yeah. And today, we are joined by a special guest. Somebody that I've known his entire life, actually. I was the first person to even hold this person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is my son. He is 13 years old. His name is Brody Brody. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Brody's joining us today. He uh, he came with me over to David's house to record, and uh, he watched these two movies with me. So if he has any thoughts, we thought we'd mic him up and get his thoughts, because this was his first time watching. Both of them? Both of these movies. Awesome. Yeah. So I thought it might also be interesting to hear his opinion, yeah. um, because it is his first time, um, and we've seen these movies many times. Have so. you seen any of the other uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies? I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street uh, 1, and I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh, nice. I, we saw Freddy's Dead. Um, th- that's not a good movie. And then we- <laughs> Wes Craven's New Nightmare. And then we- yeah, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Okay. At first I was going to say, oh, you're watching them in order. That's cool. But then Brett apparently no. ruined it. <laughs> no, I think I, saw, I, th- I think I saw one first, and then like, and then six, and then seven, and then two, and then these two. I didn't see him in order either, so. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to have my son on here. He's old enough. He can talk about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't curse. Okay. I'm not, I wasn't going to do that in the first place. You little fucker. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Ah, the gloves are off. So anyway, um, we are going to be talking about a Nightmare on Elm Street uh, series of movies. We're going to be talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Now, this is because just recently we, meaning David and myself, went to Days of the Dead in Las Vegas and we got to meet a good majority of the cast of Nightmare yeah, on Elm Street 3. Not Heather Langenkamp, not Patricia Arquette, not, not Lawrence Fishburne, not Lawrence Fishburne, and not Robert England, and not that guy that looks like Bill Maher, <laughs> not not Bill Maher, or, or Bill Maher. Okay, we didn't meet him either, but the other ones. Uh, and we'll talk about the cast in just one second. But let me go ahead and introduce this movie: Nightmare on Elm Street Three, Dream Warriors, came out in 1987. Release date was actually February 27th, 1987. I'm going to ask both of you this: Do, do you already know the answers? Uh, no, I didn't look through all of them. I okay. looked through. Because he looked through some of my notes. So, number one movie, the week of February 27th, 1987. Let's go Brody first. What do you think the number one movie was in 1987? I don't know a lot of movies 
I mean, I know movies that came out in the 80s. I can't name, like, the specific, specific <laughs> year, let alone the specific, like, month. Yeah. Um, Just take a guess. Throw a dart at the wall and take a guess. Take a guess. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a movie that came out in 1987. Um, I, 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 can't, I, w- I wouldn't be able to guess. All right. David? I'm going to try Lethal Weapon. All right. You both do know this movie because you both recently watched this movie. The number one movie was A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream you know Warriors. I almost oh. asked you, can we pick the movie that came yeah, out? Or of course. are we talking about on the day that it was released, what, what was it the was number the one? It was the number one. Because I know it opened at number one. You so tricked on me. The, on the day it was released, it was number one. <laughs> tri- okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well done. Yeah. Uh, the number one song, was it Dokken? No. <laughs> It was what? not. Well, Dokken has the song. Yeah, the Dream Warriors. The Dream song. Warriors oh, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that that blew. Oh, yeah. No, it was, no, that, that not that song. Not you, that song. You have I'm a guess? I think of a different song. Uh, no, I do not. I don't. I wouldn't be able to guess. I'm gonna try "Sweet Child of Mine," Guns and Roses. No. Damn it. You're halfway there. Mm. Oh, oh. We're just living on a prayer. Damn it. <laughs> Bon Jovi? <laughs> bon Jovi living on a prayer. Because Tommy, he used to work on the dock. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Gina, she works the diner all day. <laughs> did you like Bon Jovi? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't now, but in my early <laughs> like teens, I had wet. a couple Bon Jovi CDs. Yeah. Oh, like the, the later Bon Jovi stuff or like the early stuff? I had earlier stuff, but okay. when I was, you know. Because didn't he like, oh, he had a solo career too. When I, it was I just John Bon Jovi, I guess. Or he, yeah, because he did that some song for Young stuff. Guns. Oh yeah, I wake up in the morning and I raise my weary head. I don't go for a pillow, and the earth was last night's bed. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. Anyway, I could go on really if you good. want me to. <laughs> Are you a big fan of Bon Jovi? No, sounds like it. Not really. No? My friend, my best friend, uh, his name. Uh, well, it doesn't matter what his name was. He's actually a musician in Nashville right now. Oh, that's cool. But my best friend growing up, uh, he was obsessed with Bon Jovi. Like, he wanted to be John Bon Jovi. <laughs> and he, like, modeled his career after him. And you know what? He got to open for Bon Jovi when that's they came cool. through um, Madison, Wisconsin a few years, probably like 20 years ago at this point. But that's he, awesome. he and his band uh, in Madison got to open up for Bon Jovi. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like that, That's really cool. Someone you idolize, you get to open for them. Yeah. His name is Trin. He goes by the name Trinity James if you're in the Nashville area. There you go. You know what's weird about that is like a friend of mine from here moved to Nashville. He's in a band with his wife. They're oh, yeah, repeat, another, repeat. Yeah, yeah. Another band you're talking about. Yeah. And so my friend Jared, he moved out to Nashville. And before he started this band with his now wife, repeat, repeat, is not his wife's name. The band's name is repeat, repeat. But before they started that band, he was like playing with different various other musicians mm-hmm. and he met this guy trin oh, trinity wow. small world and uh he was telling me about it and i was like i went to high school with that guy we were friends that's crazy <laughs> we were like best friends <laughs> so i don't know it's a, it is a small world that's insane but nashville's like the hotbed of musicians so like that's where all musicians Nashville's, go that's a cool town i've never been my wife's been I've only been there once, but I liked it. Yeah, she said she loves it. She yeah. wants to go back. It was awesome. Yeah. I would totally go back. Let's do it. Let's, Let's go. do it right, right now. now. You guys ready? Yeah. Yep. Down? Yeah, fuck yeah. this episode. Would you go to Memphis? <laughs> uh, Are sure. you a big Elvis guy? No. But if I were in Memphis, would I check out Graceland? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd check out Graceland. Graceland's the shit. Yeah. I'd totally go to Graceland. 
You know, there's a whole room. You see his ghost. Like decorated like a jungle. That's pretty cool. It's called the jungle room. (laughs) What if he's still alive? That's what I'm saying. He's still walking around the place. It's him. It's him. (laughs) He was just a sheet over his head. He's (laughs) faking. I'm Elvis Aaron Presley. I'm a ghost. Are you lonesome tonight? (laughs) God, yes. No, I'm not. All right. Go, Elvis. You're not scaring anybody. It's like, I want a little less conversation. A little more action if you catch my drift. You're like, oh. Bang 80 year old Elvis. Apparently, you are an Elvis fan. You know all these songs. (laughs) I mean, I'm not like anti Elvis. I just never got too much into his music. Yeah. He's all right. Dude, he's been dead for 40. He's not dead. Almost 44 years this August. Oh, yeah. I know that because I think he died in August of 77. I was born in June of 77. So I am not Elvis reincarnated because I was born before Elvis died. But I could have been. I was born like a month uh, after Hitchcock died. So I could. You could be Alfred Hitchcock reincarnated. A little hitching me. (laughs) You guys look alike. <laughs> All right. This movie is credited uh, to be written by Wes Craven, Bruce Wagner, Frank Darabont, and Chuck Russell. Now, Wes Craven, we all know, wrote and directed the first uh, yep. Nightmare. They asked him, after the kind of backlash from Nightmare 2. Yeah, did they ask him to come back? They asked him to come back. He wrote a draft, and I don't think they used it, but they used it as kind of like a springboard. Mm-hmm. And then I think he got caught up doing something else, and so he didn't want to direct it, and he moved on to something other mm. than this. But it's got Wes Craven's like seal of approval, I think, Yeah, this movie did. Uh, Bruce Wagner, don't know much about. Uh, Frank Darabont, people mm. would know from writing Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, uh, Walking Dead. Fans yep. know him from the first couple of seasons or the first season of Walking Dead, I think. Yep. A lot of screenplay. He stuff. did The Mist, another Stephen King thing. Yeah. He's a he's a writer. Yeah. He's written a lot of stuff. St- Stephen King just gives him a gigantic book. Could you Ooh. condense this, please? <laughs> and he does a good job adapting Stephen King. Yeah, he does. Uh, the stuff that he adapts is actually really good films. Chuck Russell also directed this film. He's got kind of a range. Like he also directed The Blob. The Mask with Jim Carrey yeah. and Eraser, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. He did that one too. Yeah. Kind of weird. But, you know, he went back to back with with horror movies um, and, and successful horror movies. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and The Blob was a pretty successful yeah. one as, from what I can remember. I remember really liking that movie. I liked it too. Yeah. So I wonder if they asked him to do part four. I, yeah, I, I bet you they talk about it on that documentary. I think they do, and I don't remember the answer. Neither do I. Yeah. I don't remember yesterday, let alone <laughs> the answer of a documentary series that I watched years ago. Music by Angelo Badalamente. You know, and this gives me an opportunity to correct something I said in a previous episode. Do it. Uh, he did the music for Twin Peaks. I think mm-hmm. I said Marco Beltrami did. I, oh. mix those, I always mix those two composers up. Well, I was going to call you out on that at the time, but <laughs> I thought I'd wait for you to figure it out, you know? <laughs> Marco Beltrami, Angelo Badalamente. It's easy. Mm-hmm. They're both Italian. There you go. I'm assuming. This movie stars Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Heather Langenkamp as Nancy Thompson. You'd think I was talking about the first movie, but I'm not. Nope. I'm talking about the third movie. Craig Wasson, or as I like to call him, Bill Maher, <laughs> as Dr. Neil Gordon. It's uncanny. <laughs> Patricia Arquette as Kristen Parker. Uh, Ken Sagos, I believe that's how you pronounce it, as uh, Roland Kincaid, or just Kincaid. Rodney Eastman as Joey. Jennifer Rubin as Taryn. Larry Fishburne, uh, Fishburne, excuse me, not Lawrence. 
He was going by Larry, Larry at the time uh, as Max. And Bradley Gregg as Philip Anderson. We remember Bradley Gregg from class of 1999, 19... right? Was he in that one? I don't remember. Yes, he was the star of okay. that movie. That was the one that had Pam Greer in it, right? Yeah. He was the star. And Malcolm McDowell? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the main kid. Okay. Who'd just gotten released from like right, from jail like, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that's him, Bradley Gregg. Ira Heaton as Will Stanton and Penelope Sudro as Jennifer Caulfield. This budget of the of this movie was four point six million dollars. Hmm. Box office a lot more than that. Forty four point eight million dollars. Boom. This was the movie. Yeah, when this, this came is the out. one that turned Freddy Krueger into a phenomenon. Household name. Yep. This movie launched a thousand nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was a lot of people's first movie. I think uh, that they watched of Freddy, and uh, this was. Not my first one, but this was definitely the first one that I was aware of right. when it was being released because it did come out in 87. So I was like 10. So I like knew who Freddie was at this point. Right. I had seen the other two, the previous two movies at this point, and I was excited about this one. And then from this is where we got action figures and fucking <laughs> plush toys and all sorts of stuff. And I think it was Freddy Krueger for Halloween this year. Or it could have been the following year. I'm not sure. I probably was too around this time. Yeah. It was and either it, 87 or 88. I remember my costume. Uh, I got uh, one of my dad's work gloves uh-huh. and we stapled popsicle sticks to it and then wrapped the popsicle sticks in foil. Tin foil. Yeah. yeah. I did. I did a very similar thing. Um, my dad had like brown work gloves. Yeah. And I uh, put cardboard. I traced out cardboard into like razor oh, nice. gloves and then I wrapped them in tin foil. And I think I didn't even have like a, re- a red and green sweater. I think I had a purple and black striped like long sleeve shirt. Yeah. I think it was made do with that. And then I remember my mom did the, the makeup. makeup. So my face was all peely. Yeah. Gross. I don't remember what I wore for like the sweater. Huh? I think I went naked. <laughs> I, did I, just the, I just had the glove on and a hat. <laughs> it wasn't on your hand. <laughs> no, <laughs> the glove was here. <laughs> just one finger. <laughs> The pinky. Oh, <laughs> I'm only 10. <laughs> um, okay. Movie opens up. We got kind of this cool opening, this cool credit sequence opening where you have, uh, is this, what song is this playing? Uh, uh, Into the Fire by Dokken. Yeah. So Dokken does the soundtrack to this, right? Like pretty much. Yeah. At least a couple songs. Yeah. The songs, the songs with lyrics to it are the Dokken songs. But uh, we got this cool, like, slow motion. There's, like, this weird, like, paste. Like, paper mache almost. That this person's making. Yeah, like, paper yeah. mache. They're coloring. Speaking of popsicle sticks. Oh, yeah. They're coloring popsicle sticks green, and they're building something. And uh, when we finally get revealed, it's a girl, Patricia Arquette, Kristen, and she's making a model of Nancy's house from the first. Nancy, well, I guess it's also, uh, what's his name's house from the second one? Oh, yeah. Because he ended up living there, too. But the house that was on Elm Street, she's making a model of it. And it looks all boarded up and rickety and shitty. But also cool looking. (laughs) But also cool looking. (laughs) And uh, she's, like, taking tablespoons of uh, Senka instant coffee or whatever, and she's downing it with a Pepsi. Yeah, she's trying to stay awake. Or a Diet Coke or something. Her mom comes home. I forgot to mention uh, that her mom was played by... Oh, yeah, uh, by Brooke Bundy. Brooke Bundy. But she comes home and uh, she's like, Kristen, what are you doing up? It's so late. 
And she's like, I was waiting for you. And then she's like, well, you don't have to go to sleep, but you can see, we can see that Kristen doesn't want to go to sleep. Right. And yeah. And mom's entertaining a guest. She oh, yeah. really wants Kristen to bug go off. to sleep. Yeah. Uh, she has a guy over and you hear the guy from downstairs. Like where do you keep the bourbon? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I'll be right down. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, she goes to sleep. Eventually Kristen does. And she has a nightmare and there's like this little girl. Yeah, and she's in the house that she was building. Yeah, and she, the little girl, she like picks up this little girl and she's like running with her. Yeah, and that girl is very much a doll. Yes, it is. <laughs> and when she looks down at it the next time, though, it's also a skeleton. Yeah. So that's pretty fucking creepy. And she throws <laughs> that down and she wakes up and she's in her room. And she's like, oh, I'm safe. She goes to the sink, wash her face off. Freddie appears in the mirror. Mm-hmm. The, the, the faucet handles, the faucet handles like come out as hands and they grab a hold of her. Yep. One grows razors, right? Slices her wrist. And this is right when her mom walks in. Yep. And her mom goes, Kristen, what are you doing? And we see that Kristen has a razor blade in, in her, her hand. hand and she has sliced her wrist. Yep. Thinking that she has attempted suicide. The mom takes her to the local mental hospital <laughs> uh, where she is going to be treated. And this is where we meet slowly all the characters that yep. are in the mental hospital, all the other teens. Yeah. And Dr. Neil Gordon, that's the Bill Maher looking guy. Yeah. He's <laughs> um, on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we meet all the different cast of the uh, teenagers who are all having very similar dreams. You know, they all have like this guy who's like burnt up and crusty looking that appears in their dreams. And so, yeah. They all have this in common, but Dr. Gordon and the other doctor, um, nurse ratchet, what's her name? <laughs> oh yeah. The woman. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but she is like, you're, she's a, she's kind of, I don't know. She's kind of a bitch. Yeah. She's not very nice. She's not really caring. She's no. like, you guys are all hallucinating. You're having group hallucinations. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It, you're not, it's not real. You guys just need to get your shit together. Yeah. And Gordon's kind of that same way at the beginning, but he's a little bit more caring. Yeah. And so the other the other um, people that we're going to meet here, we're going to meet uh, Kincaid. We're going to meet Joey. Joey can't talk. Kincaid, we also see he's like in a isolation. Yeah, he gets himself. he gets very angry, and then they have to put him off by himself. Yeah, and he's kind of a bigger guy. Like he can yeah. like he's tough. Joey, he's he can't talk. We got Taryn. Who she's an ex-drug addict. Yeah. How come Joey? Do you notice when we first meet Joey, he's got like a teardrop tattoo on his face? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it goes away. Yeah, it goes away in the next scene. It's yeah. so weird. What the hell? Uh yeah. <laughs> I pointed that out right away yeah, to what's on Brody his face? the other day. And I was like, why does he have the teardrop? And then from the other room, my wife goes, How many people did he kill? <laughs> or something. <laughs> she said something like that. Yeah, this guy's hard. Yeah. But then it goes away. Yeah. You never see it again. Yeah, it's really weird. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't that understand. was kind of dumb. I, I, okay. Anyway, uh, Joey's in there. Uh, Taryn, she's the drug addict. We got uh, Philip, who's Bradley Gregg's character. He's really into like marionettes mm-hmm. and puppets. Oh, yeah. And then we got Will, who's wheelchair bound, and Jennifer, who likes to burn herself with cigarettes. Yep. And she wants to be an actress. Yep. She wants to be on TV. We also get introduced to the orderly. That's Max. And that's Larry Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne's character. And then the new doctor that's coming in, or the new therapist. And that is Nancy Thompson. 
Yeah, and I like the way we get introduced to her. They're trying to restrain Kristen because she doesn't want to go to sleep, and mm. she's fighting everybody, and she starts singing the the little One, Two, Freddy's Coming For You song, and then Nancy finishes the song, and that's when we, we first see her. Yeah, and, and that's when Kristen's like, I can trust this one because she knows what's yeah. going on. And we all know Nancy from the first movie, and now she's reprising her role. And I thought this was just a great thing about this movie with the first time I saw it, because I was like, oh, I know who that character is. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a nice segue from one movie into the next by having that same character, because in the second movie, they're like kind of saying didn't happen. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. is too bad, because the second movie's not bad. But it's a smart way to bring her back, because Nancy, you know, she's not a kid anymore. So now no. they've transitioned her into an adult role. You know, Although she is only like three years older. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I like how they established like she's not. Yeah. And, and she's not the. Well, I guess she. Is she the main character of this movie? Kind of. Kristen is know. kind it's of the main character. Kristen. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Nancy puts her at ease. And Nancy's brought in because she's like a dream expert. And she's going to help these kids because they all have these bad dreams. Yeah. And while Neil is first meeting her, they're chatting and she drops her purse and a bottle spills out and Neil picks it up. But before he hands it to her, he takes a quick glance at it and it says hypnosil. And he's kind of like, well, what's that? And gives yeah. it back to her. Yep. And he looks it up later in the office and finds out that it's a, it's a pill, a medication that suppresses uh, dreams. Not real, by the way, I looked it up to see if it was a <laughs> real thing. <laughs> Cause I was like, is that a real drug? Do they bring that back in Freddy versus Jason. They do. There's a drug like that. I don't know if they oh, call yeah. it hypnosil. Yeah, you're right. But there's a drug they're, that they they're giving to people in the mental hospital yep. in Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have dreams. Yeah. So they, they bring that back. So I was like, I wonder if there's a drug like that, but how can you control if someone has a dream or not? Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know, I guess if you go under anesthesia, you don't have dreams, but that's dangerous. Like, <laughs> look at michael jackson right? yeah, yeah don't do that <laughs> <laughs> don't don't do that boys and girls Kristen, we find out also has the ability to pull people into her dreams uh she does it to nancy yep uh Kristen has a nightmare where freddie is after her and uh she pulls nancy into her dream and, and he's a giant snake oh yeah and he's like eating Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think about that, bro? That was that was weird. I didn't like the way Freddie looked. I just <laughs> no being big green dog. Yeah. Well, I think they painted him green because I think originally he was pink, and they're yeah. like, that looks like a giant floppy penis. Oh, <laughs> coming out and swallowing her. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you know, the the special effects is kind of like that stop motion when he's like first forming. when he first pops out. Yeah, yeah. That was it's kind of Beetlejuice. A yeah. Little bit. Very much. Yeah. Like when Beetle just comes out of the snake. railing. Yep. We've come for your daughter, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when the as the snake is eating her, she yells for Nancy. And all of a sudden, now Nancy's in the dream. Yep. And she and grabs a piece of glass, I think, and stabs, stabs him. him. And he lets go of Kristen, spits her out, and then he looks at Nancy. And he's like, he calls her uh, like something. I think when he sees her, he just goes, you. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. He recognizes her. And then she's all, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> he's back. And then they get out of the dream. She wakes up and um, she goes back to Kristen and she's like, what the fuck was that? Like you can pull people into your dreams. And she says, yeah, well, I didn't think I could do it anymore. I used to do it when my dad was around. Yeah. And then in the, the next morning he would always tell me about these crazy dreams that he had. And they thought they were, he thought that it was his dreams. But it was my dreams. Yep. That I was pulling him into. 
So Nancy's like, this is a wonderful ability. They bond over this like Freddy Krueger thing. And I don't know this, this dream and everything. And they become even closer. All right. So Freddy's back. We know he's attacking these kids. He's going to finally get his first victim. Philip. Oh no. Philip looks and sounds like Corey Feldman. He has a Corey Feldman quality to yeah. him. Yeah. He's Corey Feldman esque. Yeah, especially like Corey Feldman in the Burbs. He's a lot kind of like that guy. <laughs> I believe he also played Eyeball Chambers um, in um, Stand By Me. Ah. And Eyeball was the older brother of River Phoenix's hmm. character uh, in that movie. Chris Chambers. I believe it's Chris Chambers. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, he's a good actor. But he does got Corey Feldman yeah. qualities. Anyway, Philip. Yeah, he's going to have a nightmare. <laughs> he has a nightmare. And Freddie turns him into a marionette puppet. Now, the first thing that happens, though, is Freddie comes down as this little puppet. <laughs> yeah. And he forms another little stop motion gag. And he cuts himself down off the thing. I thought that was so fucking cool in 1987. Yeah, I'll bet. I still think it's cool it now. It's cool. <laughs> he drops down and then he grows to be Freddie size. And he's like... I don't know. He says something to Philip. I can't remember. But um, but he like with his claw like from far away he like slashes him and rips his tendons out and turns oh, him into strings. Yeah, yep. and he makes him into like a like a puppet marionette. Marionette like fucking. And his elbows are like yeah like, yeah yeah. It's gross. and he's like dra- I got those making strings them strings. Hold me down to make me laugh. <laughs> fucking honest John pops out. <laughs> We're putting you in the theater. <laughs> fucking stromboli takes him to the top i love that ride though the pinocchio ride by the way that was brody's favorite ride the first time we took him to disneyland scary it is especially the birdcage part i don't know why that That ride scared me as a kid i love it yeah it's awesome got a ride snow white ride i remember that one scared me too as a kid yeah yeah we gotta you gotta ride all of those mr toad you go to to hell in mr toad yeah you you do (laughs) After going to court, oh no! Yeah, and drinking a bunch. Yeah, DUI. Oh, yeah. Like you go to you go to hell. Yeah. It's something I read recently online. I'm going to check this the next time I go to Disneyland. But apparently, when you're if you go on the Alice in Wonderland ride, the scene that takes place like with all the flowers, that room apparently is kind of warm, and it's because it actually is on top of the fire room from Mr. Toad. That makes sense. All the tunnels, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's weird to think about how those tracks lay out because we don't see that, right? Yeah, you know, we just see the facade that they give us, and we go in and come out the same spot, and so we're just like, well, I don't know what goes on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the background, it's crazy. Like the haunted mansion, it's magic. The haunted mansion, it's all underground, all underground, uh-huh. and it all's like underneath. Yeah, none of it's in the mansion. Like, no, none of it is oh, anywhere the, close. The elevator that you start in, that's it. But you know, right now, so Disneyland opened back up, but people yeah. aren't going down the elevator. They're taking them around the back way. Oh, that's interesting. Whoa, really? There's stairs that you walk down. Oh, that's There's cool. There's two ways to go in. Because if you say to them, like, I don't want to go in the elevator, they'll take you around the back way. That's pretty or cool. Or if you have a medical like right. condition. Interesting. Yeah. I'm excited to go back to Disneyland. Yeah, me too. Oh, God. Can't wait. Hopefully they'll open up to us foreigners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Non-California residents. Not a lot of uh, wait time, I don't think, right now, either, because I think there's like 25% capacity. Yeah. I want to go back. Oh, let's go back. Let's do it. You guys ready? Let's do it. Go there right before we go to Nashville. (laughs) Right before we go to Memphis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So so he takes Philip up to the top of the roof. Yeah. Well, we also see Joey and Will, 
who are very the roommates. Yeah, and Will's like really into Dungeons and Dragons, but we'll talk we'll come about back that to later. That, yeah. But anyway, um, they're roommates, and so Joey's up. Yeah, he sees him from the window, but Joey doesn't talk. And and the reason why Joey's up is because him and Will take shifts sleeping. Right. Because if one of them starts having a nightmare, the other one wakes him up. Yep. Because that's how they deal with it's their teamwork. Yep. Teamwork makes the dreams work. Oh, oh snap. You like that? It's pretty clever. Thanks. I try. Mm. Um, been saving that one all week. Mm. One thing I would like to mention, um, so Phil, Philip's being controlled by Freddy, but Philip also has previously sleepwalked before. That's one thing I would just like to mention oh, real yeah. quick. So they don't suspect much when he's sleepwalking around That's while, while being controlled by Freddy. That's right, because Kincaid sees him. In, yeah, because in their group therapy, he mentions the sleepwalking. Yeah, yeah. And, and Kincaid's like, have fun walking. Yeah, because he tries to wake him up at first, and he's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, so good good, good catch. Uh, good catch there, bro. I knew, I knew we brought you on for a reason. <laughs> So Joey sees this and he can't talk. So he's trying to get help. Um, and he's like banging on everybody's door. He grabs Will uh, yeah. and like picks him up because yeah. Will can't walk and like throws him into a chair. Pretty, yeah. pretty Will, good move. They break out the window. They're like screaming to help, Philip like, yeah. don't jump, don't jump. All the, all the kids come in, Kristen and Taryn and Jennifer and everybody comes in. They're all screaming. Yeah. And uh, of course, it's not Philip who's going to jump. It's Freddie who's controlling the strings, and he slowly cuts yep, all cuts the tendons the off, and Philip falls to his death. No, he did. Yup. So they're all pretty upset about this. Needless <laughs> yeah, to say, this does not go over well in group therapy the next day. No, Kincaid starts freaking out. Kincaid freaks out. That's when you know the orderlies have to come in, and they're going to put him in solitary confinement or whatever again. That's when Neil is like, all right, we got to do something. I'm going to prescribe hypnosil to these kids. Yeah. Nancy and Dr. Gordon, they start like not really having a romance, but kind of having a romance, I guess. Yeah. I didn't really know what to make of their relationship. They're, maybe they're just becoming friends. Yeah. Right. Kind of the and I they're just it. hanging out and yeah. getting to know one another. Um, I, yeah. I didn't know if they were having it. Maybe it could have been romantic eventually. Maybe. But uh, he was trying, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course he was. <laughs> she was just like, listen. He takes out his pocket watch, like, you're getting very sleepy. She's like, I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> Jennifer is now up. Yeah, she's everybody's alone. Everybody's just distraught. She's staying awake. So before the hypnosil can be prescribed, they have one night because it's not going to be prescribed till the next day. Yep. So they have one night. Yeah, you got to give Walgreens time to, <laughs> to get your fill, order fill together. Those bottles, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are like six of these kids. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. So Jennifer's up and she's watching TV, and uh, Max comes by and she's like, just yeah, he's like, and he's like, you need to go to bed. She's like, no, 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 just let me stay up. Just one night. Just don't tell anybody. It's like, all right, but I never saw you. Yep. And she's watching like Dick Cavett. <laughs> interview yeah. Zsa Zsa and, she, and she like burns herself with a cigarette to try to stay awake she's kind of nodding off mm-hmm. and then uh all of a sudden on the dick cavett show with uh Zsa Zsa gabor as the guest uh dick cavett turns into freddy krueger yeah and uh kills Zsa Zsa kills gabor. Her, yeah <laughs> and she's like what and so she goes up to the tv it gets all fuzzy and she walks up to the tv and she's like banging it and it's like a tv that's uh wall mounted right yeah like, like an the old school tv yeah, that's exactly. Mounted, like uh, hanging from the ceiling. All of a sudden, the TV grows arms. <laughs> and Freddy's head pops out of the top, and we get the classic line, Welcome to primetime, bitch. Mm-hmm. And he picks up Jennifer and smashes her head through the TV. It's awesome. Now, how do you explain that death? Like, Philip, Yeah, when they walk in and she's suspended in the air, yeah. hanging by her face. Yeah. 
Like, clearly she killed herself. Like, what? <laughs> no. Natural, there? natural causes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Worst case I've ever seen, but natural nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Philip, you can explain. He just committed suicide, right? Yeah, this is this is this is odd. This is odd. It's a head scratcher, to say the least. Not the most odd death. We'll talk about that one probably in Nightmare on Elm Street Four uh, of of somebody finding a body where it's like, hmm, how did that happen? But this is up there with one of them. Um, oh yeah, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but regardless, uh, so now they're still sad, yeah. and this is when um, Doctor Gordon and Nancy decide they're going to try group hypnosis. Yeah. Well, cause they go to the funeral and then we meet this really weird character, sister, Mary Helena. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the doctor just walks away from the funeral and goes to talk to her for a minute. Yeah. And then, um, Nancy tells Neil what's going on and tells her or tells him about Freddie. Yeah. And what, what she thinks is going on. And that's when he agrees. All right, let's do this group therapy thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to do this like hypnosis therapy. And she tells everybody about the Elm street kids. And like, they're the last of the Elm Street right. kids. And what that means is like the parents that got together and burned Freddy Krueger alive. He's taking his revenge on all of right. their kids and they're the last ones. So they do this hypnosis. Yeah. And I like how at first they don't think that it worked. They're like, yeah, oh, so the hypnosis doesn't work. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh no, we're asleep. <laughs> yeah. They're in the dream. But while they're, before they realize that they're in the dream state, Joey goes wandering off. Yeah. And Joey sees this hot nurse that he's in real life has the hot. Yeah, score. and she was nice to him earlier, and like, yeah, you can tell he's got a crush on her. But he sees her, and so he, uh, she's like, "Hey, come here," and she takes him into the other room, and she's like, "You know, I can get in big trouble for this." To which my wife pointed out, she's like, "Yeah, it's called rape." <laughs> he <laughs> is under rape culture. <laughs> yeah, but uh, she starts undressing and like making out with him. But as she's kissing him, she bites his tongue and like pulls it out of yeah. his mouth. And then she spits tongues out to tie him up Time to, to the, the bed. bed post. Right. She's obviously Freddy Krueger. And uh, then the mattress falls out and you got this fucking uh, Indiana Jones in the temple of yeah, doom. It's very pit. temple of doom. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, no, Shaba. Oh, no, Shaba. Oh, no, Shaba. Kalima. Kalima. Yeah. He just goes full Kate cap shot. <laughs> <laughs> stop screaming please. well he can't scream because no. <laughs> he can't talk he's very quiet Freddie even says like hey what's wrong you tongue-tied yeah something like that yeah tongue-tied joey yeah this is when freddie starts getting, starts getting his one-liners his one-liners in yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie it started with the everybody knows this though you know it starts with the welcome to primetime bitch yeah yeah and this and is the, also the one thing about that welcome to primetime bitch is that was an ad-libbed line yeah yeah by, it was uh, scripted robert, robert england. england well done sir well played this is also uh, kind of all happening at the same time but we also learn about the kids abilities when they're dreaming like what they're able to do so like the one kid is like a wizard so he can do magic oh yeah and he can well, walk in my world i <laughs> can walk i'm the wizard master i'm the wizard master what if walking was just his ability like you just walk <laughs> they're like good yeah, way, you, to, way to bring that to the party you used to possess that ability <laughs> yeah, like, oh, well. and now you can walk big deal uh 
Kincaid's like super strong. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I like how the doctor gets pissed off at him in the dream world for bending a chair. It's like, it's not real, man. It's, not it's real. a dream. Relax. Relax. Bill also, Moore. how'd you get here? You're the one that led the hypnosis. How are you also <laughs> hypnotized? I thought that same thing. Yeah, I was like, I was like this doesn't make sense. Who invited Bill Maher? Doesn't he got yeah, some like, let's politically pull, incorrect Let's not pull too to hard on this particular thread, but yeah. <laughs> real time. Kristen's a gymnast. Yeah. She, like, can, she could just take gymnastics lessons in real life, right? She could, but... I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. And to be able to just do that. Yeah. Yeah. You go try doing yeah. fucking back wheels and flips and shit. Yeah. No, thanks. Taryn. She's the only one who changes her look. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. now. She um, like in my dream. I'm beautiful and bad. <laughs> Switch blades. She's got a pretty kick-ass mohawk. Yep. That's it for the dream warriors. <laughs> yeah. It's her abilities. What about Heather Langenkamp? Why does she have ability? I don't know. How come none of them can fly? Yeah. I don't know. Like in my dreams, you know what I can do? Whatever the fuck I want, anything. <laughs> Superhuman yeah. strength, you got it. You're like flying lucid, You're like lucid dreamer, though. That is true. Yeah. Me in my dream, I can't do shit because I can't control them. I'm a real life dream warrior. <laughs> you are dream warrior. Don't wanna dream no more. David is a dream warrior. Ah. <laughs> uh. Don't come into my dreams, though. No, I'll pull you in. I'll pull your ass into my I'm dreams. Like, oh fuck! Not this one again. I just All fly. Right. I just fly you up really high and drop you. <laughs> you pull me into one of your sex dreams. <laughs> like shit again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not dreaming, Brett. <laughs> Welcome to prime time, bitch. <laughs> Sister Mary Helena talks to Neil again. And she tells him the story about how Freddie's mom yeah, was a young Amanda woman in Kruger. the hospital. Yeah, Amanda Kruger. She was a young woman at the hospital of, that worked at the hospital, and uh, she got raped by like a hundred mental patients. Yeah, and they fathered. They all at the same time fathered <laughs> Freddie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Maury Povich episode waiting to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's let's like, get let's go well, down the we line. Know, we know who the father is. Alice Cooper, right? Is it <laughs> oh, yeah. Alice Cooper the father of yeah. Freddie? Yeah, and Freddie's dead, right? And Freddie's dead, he is. That's right. Yeah, she says that uh, Freddie's the bastard son of a hundred maniacs. Yeah. Or Alice Cooper. <laughs> yeah. And she also says that his bones must be laid to rest. Yeah. And they got to put it on holy ground. Yeah. Got to take his bones and bury him on holy ground. That's the only way he'll like, so you'll defeat him. He tells Nancy this. And Nancy's like, well, there's only one person that will that know. knows where the bones are. And that's uh, My her drunk dad. father. Yeah. This is... Um, John Saxon. John Saxon, R.I.P. Nancy also explains earlier in the movie that her mom has died and she right. died in her sleep. And I wonder if that the end, end of part of one, part one was the mom's dream when she gets pulled through the window. If that was the mom's yeah, dream, maybe mm. Mm. Hmm. food for thought boys. There you go. Food for thought. <laughs> anyway, they meet drunk ass John Saxon. Dude, they talk for a really long time without Nancy ever introducing who Neil is. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, he does say like, let me introduce myself. Yeah. Your rude-ass daughter wouldn't do it. Nancy has to rush back to the hospital because Kristen's been sedated. Yeah, because she gets a call from Taryn, right? Mm-hmm. And so Neil stays behind to keep talking to John Saxon. And he's like, you're going to take me to where Kruger's bones are buried. Yeah. I'm Neil, by the way. <laughs> I work with your daughter. Didn't the um, other nurse, the other older lady who was like working with... Um, oh, Bill, the doctor? Bill Mo- yeah. Didn't she like suspend them basically yeah she fires them yeah 
or she gets them fired. Yeah, yeah for the hypnosis. Like yeah. the hospital director, I think fires both and, of them. And, and Joey's in a coma. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joey's not dead. That's right. Yeah. Joey's not dead. He's in a coma. Yeah, you're right, Brody. Joey's in a coma, and uh, the the head nurse finds this all out, and she's like, "You're all fired." Yeah. Kristen is being sedated, and so Nancy goes back to the hospital. Yep, and then Neil tells uh, Nancy's dad, like, hey, you're going to help me? Uh, so we're teaming up. So then they go off. Uh, they stop off somewhere, and he takes, because uh, the dad's a drunk now, and takes his empty liquor bottle and fills it with holy water. Yep. And he also swipes across from the church. <laughs> oh, tells him to he's like, I need this. He gives him his driver's license. Yeah. He's like, here, hey, you can reimburse me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll reimburse you later. I'll reimburse. Yeah. But uh, Nancy does the hypnosis on the, the gang of misfits, Back at uh, the hospital, oh, yeah. except for Kincaid, because he's off in solitary. I think. No, they bring him in. Oh, because Kincaid before yeah. they all go in, he's oh. the one who's like, "Let's go kick the motherfucker's ass all over Dreamland." <laughs> there you go. So Kristen's not there. Kristen's being. Kristen was sedated. Right. Yeah. So they go under hypnosis, and she pulls them in to her dream, and so they find her. Bill Mars out with John Saxon. They're at a junkyard. Mm-hmm. And in the trunk of a car is where Fred Krueger's bones are. So Bill Maher starts drinking. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Gordon, sorry. <laughs> Dr. Gordon starts digging a hole and forces John Saxon to help him dig. Yeah. And uh, then he's going to bless the grounds with the holy water. And then he's going to bury the bones. That's his plan. Okay. So that's kind of going on simultaneous as. Well, the dream stuff's this happening. stuff is happening. Yeah. When they get to the junkyard, doesn't like. Doesn't John Saxon stay in the car for a little bit? And he yeah. just says, I was just, I, I just, you just asked me to drive you here. You didn't ask me to help you. Yeah, because he's going to try to leave. And uh, yeah, yeah tra- the doctor's like, I got the keys, dude. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. You better help me. Yeah, you're right. And then, so back at the hospital, they go under hypnosis. Can- yeah. Kristen is back in the house, her house from the very beginning of the movie. We get a replay of like the scene with Brooke Bundy. Yep. And we hear, where's the bourbon? Yep. And then all of a sudden... She leaves the room. She gets her head on, just her head appears. Yeah, Freddie's got her head yeah, cut and, off. And she's like, Christian, you always spoil everything. <laughs> and it's Freddie. She calls in the gang and they all look for her. So you got Nancy, Taryn, Will, and Kincaid. Kincaid. And they're all separated. Kristen. And yeah. they're looking for Joey, too. Mm-hmm. They're all separated, but they all slowly f- try to find each other. First, we get uh, Taryn. Taryn. And she's down like the back alley. Yeah, by a bar or something. Yeah. And uh, Freddie appears, and that's when he gets the needles, the hypodermic needles as gloves. Mm hmm. Because she, yeah, she like gets the switchblades and she's like, let's dance. Yep. And so they start fighting, and then he takes those hypodermic needles and her poured her like, um, oh, oh yeah. not her pores, but like her, like her track marks. Track marks start. turn into like little mouths. Like, yeah. mm, give me that sweet, sweet nectar. <laughs> and he shoves him in there and he ODs he says, her. says, let's get high. Veins popping out on her head. It's pretty cool. She did. Yeah. He kills her. I ordered a replica of the glove with the needles. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't have it yet, but I, I should have it soon. Can't wait till you get it. I want to see it. So I can see it. Mm-hmm. And stab you with it. <laughs> and then take it. I can't wait to murder you with the glove. I can't wait to kill you with your own glove. Oh, shit. And then take it home. <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> I've been made. <laughs> Will's the next one. And uh, he's 
walk. Oh, yeah, the wizard master. <laughs> yeah, he's the fucking wizard master. He's got, like, this Dracula cape on. <laughs> <laughs> it's his cloak. Oh, yeah, his cloak. And Freddy's down there, and he's like, I am the wizard master. And he, like, electrocutes Freddy. Yeah, he tries to go, like, all emperor, like, goes Palpatine, Palpatine yeah. on him. Yeah. <laughs> Power! And like, no. No, it doesn't work. Yeah, Freddy's like, I don't believe in fairy tales, dude. No. How does he kill him? He just, he sta- just stabs him with the glove. He just stabs him with the glove. Yeah. At first, he tries to attack him with a wheelchair. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't work. No. Yeah, then he stabs him. Poor Will. And then he like grabs him, and you can totally see the wires like when he's holding him up in the air. Like, yeah. I liked Will. I liked Will too. He's yeah. very nice. Such a nerd. Yeah. You got Nancy. She Na- meets up. Nancy meets up with Kristen, Kristen and Kincaid. And Kincaid. And comes. Kincaid punches through the wall and yeah. reaches them. They find Joey right. strapped with the tongues and the fire pit. And Freddy's there. This is where Kincaid like taunts him. And he calls him a burnt face pussy. Yeah. <laughs> burnt face pussy. Kincaid's got some good lines. <laughs> Bill Maher is there. Uh, the kids are fighting Freddy and all of a sudden Freddy disappears. Yeah. And Bill Maher is back there trying to bury the bones and the bones start coming together. Like fucking Jason and the Argonauts style. Dude, it was awesome. And, uh, and the skeleton of Freddy starts attacking Bill Maher. The kids rescue Joey. Oh, and the, the skeleton uh, Freddy kills John Saxon. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And then he knocks out Neil. So, Don't you find it kind of weird, though, that that happened in the real world? Yes. So if Freddy can do that, then why is he stuck in Dreamland? But look at Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. Well, look, and, the yeah. part where Freddy literally the pool jumps party? In, Yeah, the pool party. He's right there. I thought it was weird because Part 2 got a lot of crap for that, for bringing him into the real world, and then they did it again. Yeah. He kind of makes it into the real world in all of them, though, at some point. Yeah. So, he kind of breaks but the But usually somebody logic. else pulls him out, like in the first one. Yeah, the first one he got pulled out into the real world. Yeah. But this one, yeah. Maybe it's because his bones were being disturbed. And he's like, all right, I got to. I get that. I get why he disappeared and he went to go be there. Yeah. Like, he's trying to be in two places at once because he doesn't want to be killed for real. But come on. Yeah. Little little fishy. Little <laughs> suspect there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they get Joey and they're going to they're gonna try to escape. There's mirrors everywhere, and Freddy's in all of the mirrors. And he starts pulling everybody through these mirrors. Those effects were kind of cool. They were really yeah. cool. Joey's the only one that he doesn't pull through. Finally, Joey finds his voice, mm. and he screams, and all the mirrors, all the mirrors break. shatter. Like Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> it's a C. <laughs> Hit that someday note. That's some- <laughs> yeah. Do it, David. No. <laughs> Don't want to break all the mirrors in your own house. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then they're like, oh, that's your dream power. We killed him. We got rid of him. Yeah. Yay. And then uh, John Saxon shows up. It's like a ghost. Yeah, he's like, Nancy. I love you. I love you. I should have been a nicer father. And so Nancy goes up I've to crossed him. over. And she's like, oh, dad. And she hugs him. And then whoo, it's Freddy. Yeah. And he gets the claws right to the gut. Yeah, stabs Nancy. But Bill Maher is burying the bones, and he throws the holy water on him, and that's when Freddy blows up and dies. Then we find out at the end. So Nancy's dead. Yep, we're at her funeral. John Saxon's dead. We're at his funeral, too, presumably. Both of them are (laughs) dead, buried next to each other. Kincaid, Joey, and Kristen all survived. Yep. Bill Maher's still alive. (laughs) We're gonna say Bill Maher so uh, yeah, much yeah. in this episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got yeah. the hashtag Bill Maher on this one. <laughs> but, uh, Neil sees the nun one he, more time, and he goes he and follows talks to her. the nun. And well, he didn't talk to her. Oh yeah, he, he goes to her. goes to follow her, and she disappears. And we see he finds her tombstone. 
and it says Amanda Kruger. Yeah. She was Amanda Kruger the entire time. Oh my God. So Freddie was born of a hundred maniacs who raped a nun. That's fucked up. Yeah. That's yeah. a fucked up. I'm surprised like the Catholic league didn't come after this movie <laughs> or something, you know? <laughs> and that's the end. Except for Kristen's house miniature. The light flicks on. Yeah, and it's at Neil's house now. Yeah. He stole it from her. I guess. He's a thief. And uh, the light in the miniature flicks on. Yep. That's the end. Brody, why don't you go first? Tell us what you thought of this movie. Uh, I really liked it. It's my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I've seen so far. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's either this movie or the next one we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. They really border on each other. They're really well. They really work together really well. I just really like the way, like, how they develop everything after the first one and the second one doesn't really count but i like the way they developed everything a little bit more yeah it's a really good movie i do want me to give me like yeah, my yeah give a reading do okay. it um i'll say four and a half four, and, four, and, and, a half. Half. Okay. four and a half pamela where he says that if I... yeah i love this movie this is my favorite nightmare on elm street movie yeah this is the one that i watch the most of despite the fact that i can't remember what happens in the movie from time to time <laughs> but that's just because i'm old and i have uh a lot of other movies running around in my head at the same time. But <laughs> this is my favorite one. I think it's uh, well-written. I think the story is just good Yeah, from start to finish. I think it's a good horror movie. The kills are a little bit more creative in this movie. Sometimes they're a little generic just with like the Just blades. the glove. Yeah. Um, but they do have the creative kills of the, you know, the marionette puppet, the girl the going in the TV, um, the, the needles. Drug, yeah. Uh, the needles. So... That's all cool. I like how they brought back John Saxon and Heather Langenkamp. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was cool. But um, there are flaws in this movie. We talked about Freddy coming into the real world. Some of the acting is a bit... Yeah, it's not... Listen, Patricia Arquette's a good actress now. Yeah. Patricia Arquette in 1987. <laughs> Meh. Mm. Heather Langenkamp, mm. she's a sweet girl. Yeah. I, I think she's a great person. But her acting was just kind of like, mm, okay. You know, I, but Kincaid is like one of my Kincaid's favorite yeah. characters. Yeah, he's one of my favorite characters of the whole series. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's one of my favorite characters of the whole series. And uh, I think he's awesome. I love, and I think that's the other thing that I like about, I like the kids. The kids are all like relatable. Mm -hmm. I can, I can see those people and uh, they all have their own personalities and they're not stuck together because they're all friends. They're stuck together because they're all they're in the, on the hospital, mental yeah. hospital together. So that gets around that thing that we my, always my talk thing. about yeah, yeah. um like in friday the 13th part three like why would shelly be hanging out with all the cool people when right. he's a he's a fucking nerd and the stoners in the back why are they hanging why out? are they hanging out with him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know who invited them who invited cheech and chong <laughs> so uh anyway all that being said there are flaws in the movie there are good things about the movie i'm gonna give it uh three and a half okay of Voorhees heads i think it's a solid movie rating for this movie, it's not a perfect movie, but it's definitely good. I'm between a three and a half and a four. I like that they take a lot of time to build the characters, which they don't really do in most of the other Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Freddy Krueger doesn't have his first line of dialogue until about 22 minutes into the movie. I actually paused it, and that's when he says you when he sees Nancy. Oh, okay. Like, they take some time for us to actually get to know the characters before killing them off. And I like that they're all not just hollow cliches of people. They all have some depth to them. Like like you said, the acting's not perfect. There's plot holes. There's stuff that doesn't make sense. Like how did the doctor get in the, the dream where he was the one hypnotizing him? All that like stuff like that. 
but the kills are really creative. I really like that this is the movie that really sparked Freddy being more than just a boogeyman. Like he yeah. gets some comic relief and you know, he becomes more of the star. But not so much that he overshadows and takes over the whole movie. He's still in the background. The kids are still what the movie's about. Yeah. I think I'm going to go four on this one. So that averages out to a four. Yeah. Overall. So it's a it's a solid entry into the Nightmare on Elm Street series. I mean, it's definitely my favorite, but probably the best. I don't know. I think most fans would say that this is their favorite one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're going to interrupt the regular podcast right now and talk about the fact that David and I are currently in Las Vegas at the Plaza Hotel. Mm-hmm. In my room. In David's room. Mm. And uh, we just wanted to break in here and talk about the Days of the Dead convention that we are at. Uh, this is Saturday night. We, were, we got here yesterday. Yeah. So we spent Friday night at the convention and then Saturday and we're going home tomorrow. Because actually, we got everything done on Friday. <laughs> yeah, we were very efficient. We were. Yeah. We were. But it does fit into this episode because we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. The cast, or at least the Dream Warriors yeah. portion of the cast. Uh, and Sans, a little bit of the Dream Master. Yeah. yeah. Sans Patricia Arquette uh, were, were here. So we got to see all six of those cast members but i just wanted before before we did that david i just wanted to talk about who else was at this show uh cj graham jason yeah. Voorhees, friday 13th jason lives yeah we met him a few times and we've met him in the past <laughs> yeah so we talked to him a couple times yeah quite a bit okay here's the nightmare on elm street ca- cast we had rodney eastman who was joey penelope sudro who was jennifer ken sagos i believe in the podcast i say oh, yeah sagos sagos yeah he's it's sagos so brett you're an idiot <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Take it back, Brett. Take it back. He was really nice. He was awesome. Oh, I, I should say, uh, so Rodney Eastman, uh, Joey, he was really nice. He was late, and I think he was, like, flustered. Yeah, he had, and like, he a had, delayed flight or something. He had he, no pens. Yeah, there was no, like... And he had a long line. Yeah. So Lots of people waiting. He was sweaty. And, like, yeah, you could just tell he was very flustered. So I had two uh, Sharpies, Sharpies in my backpack and i gave him to him and then he couldn't make change and i gave him too much money and then he was like if you come back later i'll give you change and i was just like no we're good yeah but he's getting married tomorrow which is interesting him and his fiance are here I mean, they must yeah, be getting married must, here, in yeah, vegas. here in vegas but uh he was really nice yeah he was nice penelope sudro another really nice person david why is she so nice <laughs> she was like you have a very familiar face. You look like somebody. And I was like, what? Uh, all right. She's like, she you look like, to- she goes, you look like an actor. And I thought at first you took that to say like, she thought you looked like you could be an actor. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Like you looked like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like I got a face for acting or something. I was, I wasn't sure, but she was like, no, you look like Christian Bale. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, <laughs> you know he doesn't, ma'am. You're wrong. <laughs> Secure like, an idiot. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I gave my money. I got my money back. I yeah, you're like I don't. My poster. Yeah. <laughs> it's a like, good day, ma'am. I said good day. It's like, huh? I can't hear you. It's very loud in here. You're like, God damn it! I couldn't even. Oh, tell so her off. It was super loud in the convention hall. Yes, and we had to like shout. And Penelope Sudro talks about like this. 
Oh, Hi, it's really nice to meet you. Yeah. And so you, first of all, you couldn't hear her anyway. Yeah, we had to get we had to lean in real close. Yeah, and try to read her lips. Yeah, because the fortunate thing is the CDC just told us that we didn't have to wear masks if we were fully vaccinated, yeah, which we are. So we got real close. Yep, we got right up in your face. Yeah, I was like, huh? go ahead and spit on me. Mm-hmm. Come no, again? I'm vaccinated? It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. You want to cough on me? Yeah, knock yourself out. So the the hotel and casino is pretty cool about that. Like, there's signs up everywhere. Like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear your mask. And it was nice to see there were a lot of people still wearing masks. So. There was, and they were giving us the stink eye. The, um, at first at first yeah and we felt and then we, i think they figured it out yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we always had our masks on us there was a couple times where we just put them on yeah just because just because there's a lot of people around yeah, yeah like when we we went to white castle like we were waiting in line i think we wore our masks the entire time in line yeah it also just felt dirty i think the masks helped us it helped a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but white castle was so good it was delicious we have a white castle in phoenix there's one but uh, it's always crowded. I went there once, and it actually, it wasn't that crowded when I went there. <laughs> but I've only gone there once. So it's it, when we come up here, we did this last time. Yeah, it's kind of a treat. Yeah. So this will be our tradition every time yeah. we come to Days of the Dead. It was nice. Um, but so yeah, Penelope Sudro, very nice. Ken Sagos, he was the first one we met. Yeah. And he was so nice. Really nice and very funny, yeah. outgoing. Yeah. I mean, sounds just like Kincaid. Yeah. It looks just like, looks, yeah, I mean, he, he, looks, he looks the same. <laughs> Yeah, he was a he was a ton of fun, and he was. Uh, well, we'll talk about the panel too, but he was fun yeah. too. Uh, Jennifer Rubin, I met her before. David's met her before because she's been down to Phoenix a couple times. Yeah, she's really funny. Yeah, she yeah, is. She was kind of a hoot. Yep, Ira Heiden or Hayden, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Will he was? Oh, Jennifer Rubin played Taryn. Uh, he was Will, the the wizard master. Wizard master. He was really cool. He hasn't changed much either. Yeah, he looked the same. Uh, just a little bit older, but he talked the same and. And I thought it was interesting. He was talking about how in the upcoming Ghostbusters movie, he's the voice of one of the little mini marshmallow men. The drooling I apparently, one. Yeah, there's one that's drooling or vomiting or something. He's like, yeah, yeah that's me. Yep. I did that voice. And I was like, specifically that one? He said yes. I thought it was cool that he had an 8x10 for it already. Yeah. Yeah, that was that cool. Was, that was funny. But yeah, he was nice. Bradley Gregg was the was the last one, and he played Philip in A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream, Master, or Dream Warriors, excuse me. And he's been in a lot of movies. David... Uh, saw the eight by tens and he was like oh yeah he was in indiana jones in the last crusade and i was like yeah yeah he fights uh, river phoenix on top of the train yeah <laughs> he's one of them uh i think yeah i think he's on there tom matthews yeah, yeah. i had him sign my uh original uh one, one sheet, sheet from for, friday the 13th part six yeah and you said he was pretty talking he was really cool he yeah, was talking we, about never hike alone yeah and he was like oh have you seen this and i told him you know yeah it was awesome and how the ending did you say not that knowing you, anything did you going say that into you, it like gave money to it did you say you were part of the i Indiegogo? didn't i should have said that you should have said that I like know. i helped finance it yeah <laughs> i'm your producer <laughs> i'm your producer Dude. yeah exactly and then we also talked about uh friday the 13th the game robert mcnaughton he was uh Michael in E.T., the extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, my wife met him. Actually, we saw him quite a few places. We were in the elevator. Saw in the elevator, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, my wife met him because she got her picture taken with the cast of E.T. She loves that movie. So we got to meet him uh, when he signed the autograph. Henry Thomas from E.T., Dr. Sleep, Haunting of Hill House, and Bly Manor. Uh, he was there. We talked to him a couple times, or at least my wife did. I talked to him with her once. Yeah, and I just hung out like a creeper. In the background. Yeah. Dee Wallace, again. Yeah, we met her. Met her because my wife was talking to her about E.T., and she was really cool. And then, of course, Alice Cooper, and we talked to him about three times, actually. The first night, we got him to sign some stuff. There was no line. 
Yeah, we got lucky. I think he had just done a photo op, and I don't think anybody really realized, realized it yet. Back. So we just walked right in because he had a huge line when we first got there. I mean, it was out the door. Yeah, it was long. Yeah, he was super nice though. He signed for me uh, the Friday Thirteenth one sheet, uh, a concert tour poster with him and Rob Zombie. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, a uh, poster from the Man Behind the Mask. Yeah, yeah. He and was nice, and he even commented because uh, I was wearing a Swearwolves hat. hat. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, Swearwolves," and we talked a little bit about what we do in the shadows, and he was talking about how there might be a, a show about the wolves coming. Yeah, which we've heard before. Yeah, but it was cool to hear it from Alice Cooper. Yeah, that was neat. And then he told us about when he was signing the Rob Zombie poster. He talked about how when they toured together, how Rob would like to get psyched up in his in his dressing room. And that he would listen to disco music from the seventies, like that was how Rob like gets all amped yeah. up for the show. And, and Alice just thought that was very weird. Alice Cooper's exact quote was, "He listened to shitty disco music." <laughs> to which I said, "Alice, is there anything other than that?" <laughs> we both agree that that seems like something Rob Zombie would definitely do. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. And he also did mention that like Rob's one of his very best friends. So that was cool. Yeah, that's cool. And then we met him again. So that was Friday, and then. Today, we had a picture op of David and myself with CJ Graham dressed up as Jason Voorhees from uh, Jason Lives, Friday 13th Part 6, and Alice Cooper. And yeah. it was kind of like... Like the music video. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. And he's sitting in his throne, or sitting in a, like a throne, and there's like a guillotine. Yeah, behind him. Behind him, and CJ Graham was standing next to him, so CJ Graham strangled me, or was going to cut my neck. Yeah. And Alice Cooper was strangling <laughs> David. So, uh, unfortunately, with those photo ops, it's like you're in and out. Yeah, it's pretty quick. But they tried to, uh, you know, they were really cool about it. Well, there was this obnoxious drunk guy oh, right, God. right before us. So it was like screaming. And when he got up to him, he was like, Alice Cooper, you're my idol. Yeah. I haven't watched it. And then he didn't know where to stand. Yeah, like, oh, my God. For the photo. It, it was awful. Yeah. I but, just felt bad for everyone. So then it was, when it was our turn, I told Alice, like, hey, don't worry, man. I'm not going to get in your face and, and yell at you. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> and then as we were walking away, he goes, I still like the swear wolves, though. Yeah. It was so awesome. he remembered us uh, from. And our hearts fluttered a bit. Yeah. But nice. we were wearing swear wolves t-shirts. So it wasn't <laughs> like he recognized us. He just saw the name again. But he still recognized the, the same people it's that he brand. talked to the previous night. Yeah. Like he, he knew who we were. We're branding ourselves. That's right. All day long, people were stopping us and saying, the swearwolves. Does we that just, have to do with what we do in we, the shadows? And of, <laughs> of course, we were like, it pays homage to that. Yeah. Um, and then we were like... Here, have a sticker. We do a podcast. Here, have this. Oh, speaking of which, we got stuff we can give away. Yeah, that's right. One of the vendors hooked us up. Yeah, she was like, oh, you do a podcast? What's it about? And we were telling her. And then she's like, do you want giveaways? So we have four pieces of artwork that uh, we're going to give away. So listen for that in upcoming episodes. Yep. Because we'll uh, we'll do some kind of contest. Yeah, and, and they look really cool. We'll post pictures and stuff online. So, and then we went back, of course, with the picture that we got taken with Alice Cooper. And got them both to sign it. And got uh, him to sign it and C.J. Graham to sign yeah, it. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, seeing C.J. Graham again, David, uh, you said something when we were walking away from his table. Do you remember? Something like every time I meet that guy, he just elevates himself as as, yeah he's just a cool super cool guy just yeah. very very nice very down to earth humble what, yeah what you were saying was he elevates himself in like who's your favorite jason jason because yeah. kind of always him and kane like the two but i mean friday the 13th part six is my favorite and the so only, I've, always got a, I've always had a soft spot for him the only reason why i think they're the favorite is because a unfortunately steve dash is dead and we never met him yeah richard brooker has passed Same. away as well so we never met him ted white was extremely cool 
but also 90 years also old. Also very old, yeah. So he's not really like jump up and like. Yeah. But he was like awesome. Like <laughs> so nice. Kane Hodder has always been nice to us. And that Mad Monster in Phoenix last time he was there. And we got a chance to talk to him for a little bit. Yeah. And see him and at the bar quite cool. a bit too. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, just hanging out. And uh, so he was cool there. And then. Who else is there? Derek Derek Mears was so nice. Yeah, he's very nice. The last time we That's were up true. here, and he's he, super friendly. He's like, yeah, let's take a picture, yeah. and like he talked to us. He might be the most like outwardly friendly yes. of all of them, and he's a big horror fan. Yeah, so it's hard to say. It's really tough. Like, They're all of, awesome. Of the three that kind of we see most often, because we don't see the one uh, Ken from um, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, we, we don't see him, him yet out here, but. They're all really good personalities. Yeah. So anyway, and then we were, <laughs> so, oh, I forgot to say that I got the 45 of He's Back. Oh, yeah, yeah. The man behind Cooper. the mask. And I got Alice Cooper to sign that. <laughs> and then like all day. Or all, say, are we going to talk all, about our singing? All evening. We've just been making up lyrics to that song. <laughs> you with your baby <laughs> in a hotel room. We're just like, I mean, various di- dirty language. Yeah, they mostly start with, your, uh, yeah, you're with your baby. And most of them end with uh, me <laughs> In some form or another. Sort of butt stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, he's back. <laughs> That's right. He's in he's your out of butthole. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's in your butthole. He's the man who fucked your ass. And he's in your butthole. Oh, fuck. Ah. It, was, uh, it was a lot funnier two real, hours real ago. Real high stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, we should mention uh, that we went to oh, a the panel. Nightmare, the Nightmare yeah. 3 panel. That would be a good way to end this. Go ahead. There you go. So we went to a panel with the Nightmare on Elm Street 3 uh, cast, which was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. They all six of them came out, and um, unfortunately, the acoustics in that room were awful, and they yeah. didn't have the mics turned up very loud, so it was hard to hear. Yeah, but they um, they answered a few questions from the audience. I thought the real cool thing was two cool things. One is when they were like, you know, did you know that you were going to be in a movie that was so iconic right. in the franchise and would kind of carry on the legacy of the franchise? And Bradley Gregg brought up, like, when he was in Stand By Me, he's like, we didn't know we were making a movie that was going to be hugely successful. And it did. And when you go to set out to make a movie, like, no one sets out to make a shitty movie. Right, yeah. Except for Jennifer Rubin, I think, made that comment. I should have raised my hand and been like, have you seen Ginger Dead Man? Yeah, have (laughs) you seen a poultry geist, perhaps? (laughs) Pretty sure they set out to make the shittiest (laughs) film. But um, anyway, and and, uh, it just kind of snowballed the success of the franchise from this movie and it wasn't anything they they planned on but the other thing that was said there was a guy who asked a question he was like uh you're in part three and seeing as how part two kind of sucks or whatever and jennifer rubin made a good comment she goes you know watch the documentary right never sleep again yeah and get all the behind the scenes and the insights of yeah, some of, of the other stuff that was going on. Yeah, and you'll come to appreciate that part two was not a bad movie. Yeah, and I was, and I, cl- I applauded. There was like probably about fifteen of us that applauded. Yeah. After she said that, that guy was not one of them. He's a <laughs> fucking dick. Fuck you. I wanted to, I wanted to hit him over the head. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of a weird question. Yeah, it's like, it's like don't, don't take part, a dig at the franchise, man. No. Yeah, show some respect. Part two was just different. Yeah, and they were trying something new and. Maybe it wasn't successful back then, but watch that movie now. It's not bad. Yeah. We, even we, though I think I gave it a one and a half bit, it's not bad. I, I even said, like, the last time we were talking about ratings on that franchise, I was like, oh, it's probably a little harsh with the 1.5. Yeah. I think people give it. it there's, there's some cheesy moments in it, but it's got some really yeah. cool things. Like, listen, 
the Freddy we love is part three and four. Right. Yep. That's the movies that we like, but they're way different than part one and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they were still kind of figuring out the character. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, um, so that was a, that was a cool thing that, that she said, she kind of stuck up for the franchise mm-hmm. and I appreciated that. And then they all gave credit to Robert England. Yeah. Yeah. And said so he really made the movie and kind of took it to another level. It wasn't just a boogeyman in makeup. Like he was an, he's an actual actor. Yeah. And he was really, they all have nothing good to, uh, nothing, nothing but, but good to say about him. Right. And, yeah. and we experienced that too. When we met him, he was really cool. Super nice. Very, very chatty. Yeah. Which is so. awesome. And, uh, Ken Sagos, he was really funny. I thought it was cool that when he sat down, he turned his chair backwards during yeah. the whole panel, like, like Kincaid. Yeah. It was pretty Very cool. much. He's like, I do this to hide my belly. And then, <laughs> and then at the end, uh, when the panel was over, uh, he said something like, he made a little joke about the microphones that are sucking, like, eh, maybe next time get, get, get better, better microphones. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't even think he was using a mic towards the end. He was just, yeah, he was just talking. Yeah, he was just shouting a little bit, but... Um, but the other the other really cool thing was is that they gave credit to the fans yeah. and they said without you guys like they wouldn't be there talking about this movie and it seems so silly conventions sometimes because we go to a lot of them and I always think this I'm like this is really silly we're going to some place to pay someone to sign something yeah and talk to, to us their, for a few minutes yeah or to get their picture I'm like this is dumb yeah like like who does this us we do <laughs> we do that but it's nice to know that they're like hey look we appreciate you. Just yeah, as much as it. you appreciate us, we appreciate you. And of course they appreciate us because we're paying them. But yeah, but, I but like that's that a good way for us to give back to them, I think. And especially with this cast, because maybe not all of them have gone on to do a bunch of movies or whatever. Yeah, Robert McNaughton from E.T. is a perfect example. He didn't do a lot of acting after no, E.T. No, but he's, he gets the honor of being in one of the most iconic movies ever. Of all time. <laughs> and people are going to pay him to get his their picture taken with him. And he's just having a great time. Yeah. And he loves it. And he should love it. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> stupid. It's a little silly that we go and we pay them and we to but it's sign fun. a it's fun, photograph. Man. But it's yeah. cool to connect with the people that you idolize. Or not even idolize, but like... Oh, I admire. Remember, yeah, admire. Or I remember, you know, I have fond memories of watching these movies. And then you get to meet them and they're just regular people like us. Yeah, and they're not like the greatest actors and actresses, but they were awesome in the movies yeah. that they did. And they're all nice. And I think most of them also are very appreciative of the success. Like, I thought it was interesting that C.J. Graham was talking about how one thing he never expected in a million years was 30 plus years after Jason Lives comes out doing stuff like this and signing autographs and posing for photos. He's like, it's a dream and it's amazing. And I'm so thankful that this happened. He's, and he even said, like, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. It was funny because in front of us in line to get C.J. Graham to autograph our, the pic- Alice, Cooper, our yeah. Alice Cooper pictures, there was like a 12 year old boy. And... Um, he was interviewing him for a school and he project. And he's like, "Hey, interview." He's like, "Absolutely." And he even like turned to like the rest of his line. He's like, "You guys don't mind if I give this guy a couple minutes?" We're like, "Dude, go for it." He's like, "But you got to come in close. I want you guys to listen." Yeah, he wanted us to listen in, and um, and the kid didn't even buy anything. Like, yeah. it wasn't like, "Hey, can I get your autograph?" And can you answer these questions? It was just like my the guy's dad was like, "My son wants to is doing a project, and he wants to ask you some questions." And he was like, "Sure." And it was like two minutes. And that's when he asked him like about like stuff that you wouldn't expect from doing this role. Uh, what you least liked. What did liked. you like the most? Yeah. What did you not like? I think the thing he didn't like the most was getting beat up every day. <laughs> yeah. He uh, said I got my butt kicked yeah. every single day. And that dude is big. He's a big dude. What do you say? 6'3", six, six, three, three, 250. Something like back, that. Back in nineteen eighty seven. He's still pretty big. Yeah. 86. Yeah. 86 is when they. Yeah. 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 That's right. But I yeah, kept still, getting that wrong. But still pretty big. Yeah. But that's it. The nightmare panel. That was the only panel we went to. And uh, 
Yeah, was, and got a bunch of autographs, got some pins. and Yeah, went to different vendors and looked around. A lot of yeah, cool stuff. It was a blast. Love it. We'll do it again. Definitely. Uh, the next time they have Days of the Dead. So that's it from Days of the Dead. And back to our regularly scheduled program. Bye. Go back to the regularly scheduled <laughs> podcast. podcast. And we'll we're in your butt hole. <laughs> we'll stick it in your butt hole. <laughs> Moving right along, we're going to go to the following year. It's a little over a year because this movie came out in August of 88. So the first one was February. Still pretty quick turnaround. Of 87. And the second one, or the second movie, the fourth movie uh, came out in uh, August of 88. So A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. August 19th, 1988. What was the number one movie this week, Brody? What do you think the number one movie was? I'm just going to guess this movie because I don't know any other movies. I'm going to agree. This movie. You are correct. Nice. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, <laughs> riding high on the success of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which was number one at the box office for a couple of weeks back in 87. Nightmare on Elm Street 4 opened up big, made lots of money. We'll get to that in just one second here. Uh, but the number one song, you guys will never get this one, so I'll just tell you. I was going to get something by George Michael. <laughs> no, it's by Steve Winwood. Who is that? Roll, I know. roll with it. I don't know that song. Roll with it, baby. Oh, yeah. Just roll with it, baby. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood. <laughs> Steve Winwood. We talked about Steve. He, we, we talked about him in another episode. Yeah, he his his look doesn't match his voice. Uh, I can't picture him. But he sang. Um, he, he, was he, in, he did Back in the High Life Again, right? Is that Back Steve Winwood? in the, the High Life Again. again. Uh, higher Love. Bring me the higher love. And he was also part of the Spencer Davis group that he ah. like, give me some loving. It was like, I don't know. And he's like this British guy and his voice doesn't, his singing voice doesn't match what he looks like. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed him British. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, he had the number one song. Roll with it. 88 sucked. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> this movie was written by Brian Helgeland and Kim, or sorry, not Kim, Ken and Jim Wheats, directed by Rennie Harlan with music by Craig Safan. Now, do you think, like, at what, at what point did they go, yeah, we'll just get rid of everybody who did part three and we'll just get all new people? Like, part three was such a success. Wouldn't you go back to the people that wrote part three and go, can you come up with a sequel? Yeah. 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 Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it was a money thing. Who knows? I don't know, but somebody knows. Not that they did a bad <laughs> job with this movie, but I'm just saying like, if it was such a success, I would go back to those people first. Yeah. This movie stars Robert England, of course, as Freddy Krueger. He also plays a nurse. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Lisa Wilcox plays Alice. Danny Hassel as Dan. All right, so Kristen, the character of Kristen is back, but she's played by a different actress. Tuesday night, Patricia, and of course, Monday afternoon, we played her in part three. <laughs> you like that joke? Oh, snap. It's a good dad joke. <laughs> Patricia Arquette played Kristen in the uh, part three. I'm going to say the first one, but it's part three. Um, but Tuesday night plays her in this one. Ken Sagos plays uh, Kincaid again, and Rodney Eastman plays Joey again. And then uh, there's some other people. Brooke Bundy comes back. Linnea Quigley plays one of the souls in yeah, Freddy's chest. The one with the boobs. Yeah. I know you have a you have a part four poster that you had everybody signed. Yeah. Um, and you even have Linnea Quigley's signature I on do. there, don't you? Yeah, I got pretty much everybody. Did she did uh, she say anything about it when she was signing it? Was she like, why am I signing this nah, or nah. anything? No, nah, she knew. 
Oh, okay. Because I think um, the special effects guy, if I'm she not, was married to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she was at the. I think that's where they. Maybe that's where they that, met. That, I think or something. That's where they met. Yeah. The budget for this movie was six and a half million dollars. Box office forty nine point four million dollars. Another big hit. Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the highest grossing one. Highest grossing, not the most profitable. Yeah. Because I think part three is the most profitable, but this could be the highest grossing one. Yeah, not including Freddy versus Jason. Yes. Yeah. Brooke Thies uh, is in this movie. She plays Debbie. Brooke Thies was on the show Just the Ten of Us with Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. Uh, who was, of course, Nancy. And then there's another girl from Just the Ten of Us who was in part two. So kind, of, that. kind of funny how that works <laughs> out. All right. Let's get to the plot of this movie. This is a year after the events of the previous film. Kristen, Kincaid, and Joey, they're out of the mental hospital. They're cured. Yay. <laughs> Back to normal, kids. Sorry, all your friends are dead. Yeah. Let's see. How does this movie open up? Uh, we get a Tuesday night song right off the bat. Oh, that's her singing. Yeah. The nightmare song. Right from this nightmare. Oh, yeah. It's very 80s. She's a a singer? Yeah. Like, that's her profession? Yeah, I think so. That's cool. Yeah. So, that song's playing while we're... We're seeing, like, chalk artwork of Nancy's house. It's kind of very similar to the opening of part three, three, except for instead of paper mache, it's chalk. Yeah. But it's both the house. Yeah. And Kristen has the first nightmare, so it starts with her. And she calls Joey and Kincaid into her dream for help because she's convinced that Freddie's back. Yep. Kincaid's dog uh, gets pulled into the dream also. Yeah, and I thought dog, that funny. Yeah, and the dog's name's Jason, which I thought was kind of a cool <laughs> yeah. name. So she's in there, and Kincaid's pissed off. Yeah. He's like, God damn it, why are you pulling me into your dream? Yeah, and even Joey starts, I mean, he can talk now. Yeah. Um, but Joey's like, Feel the boiler. It's cold. Yeah. yeah the Freddy's not coming cold. back. Yeah. 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 Freddy's dead. And that's when the dog jumps out at Alice and bites, bites her, her arm and they all wake up or bites, uh, Kristen, Kristen. I'm sorry. Bites Kristen's arm and they all wake up and yeah, she's bleeding and she's like wraps it up in her blanket. And yeah, that's not sanitary. Goes back to sleep. <laughs> that's going to stain her white sheets. She, uh, gets ready for school and she drives. Yeah. And uh, this is kind of where we start meeting the kids. The new one. kids. Yeah. And that's Alice and her brother. Rick. Rick. And Rick is Kristen's boyfriend. Yeah. And she goes to pick them up. And their dad is kind of an asshole. He's kind of an alcoholic. He's an alcoholic, yeah. But she picks them up and takes them to school. And Alice is the star of this movie. It's not Kristen. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> I do like how they make that everything. transition, though. But there is this transition. So she picks them up and um, Alice, I, I get the feeling that Alice and Kristen are like really good friends. And then through their friendship, that's how she met Rick. And now she started dating. That's Rick. how I took it too. Yeah. Yeah. But we also get to meet uh, the the friends, Debbie, Debbie, Dan, and Sheila. Okay. Debbie's like kind of a tough girl. She works out like, oh, yeah. yeah. She's kind of like not really into school, but definitely into like gym. She's like, yeah, she's a gym rat. Yeah. Yeah, and we also learned like she's, Dan's the she's jock. Kinda, yeah, Dan's the jock. He's kind of the love interest of, of Alice. Alice, and then Sheila is the nerd. Yep, and she's like a, a friend. Yeah, and now we slowly also learn everybody's fears. Yep, in this movie, Debbie is afraid of bugs. bugs. Sheila has asthma, mm-hmm. so she's afraid of not breathing. Which <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a good one. That's pretty. That's pretty reasonable. That's legit. That too. Um, I don't know about Dan. Dan's just the he's jock. afraid of nothing. Rick, he's like the karate guy. Like, yeah. yeah. He's kind of the goofy guy. Yeah, like, he's also he's, like a jokester. Yeah. But but he's into karate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's their things. First time we like see Rick really, uh he's 
doing karate in his garage to okay. anything, anything by, by uh, Drama Rama. All right. So real quick about that song. Anything, anything by Drama Rama. I love that fucking song. I also song. love that song. That song kicks ass. I don't care what decade it came out. That song was actually released about four years. Yeah, see, prior. that song was old when when that movie came out. I think it was like 1983. Yeah, it was. That, that song's way ahead of its time. I thought it was 85. Or was it 85? That's yeah. Okay, so. so that song came out in like 85. This movie came out in 88. It was because of this movie that that song became popular. Oh, really? It wasn't popular in 85. It's a good song. This song, KROQ in Los Angeles, started playing it. Um, and it was like a single that was released for the soundtrack of this movie. Hmm. And uh, they started playing it and it's, it got more popular. That song works now. Yeah, that's a good song. And I didn't realize that song was from 85. I thought it was a 90s song at one point. It in sounds time. like it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really sound like an 80s song. Yeah. Okay. Even, even for 88, it sounds. Yeah, fresh. Right. What is it, Brody? It slaps? Yeah. <laughs> Slaps. That song slaps, man. Uh, slapping the beast. <laughs> but yes, he's doing karate to anything, anything, which is pretty. It, it's a cool song for a dorky scene because it's like, what is this guy? Yeah. And the karate is somebody who used to do karate. It's really bad. Yeah. Well, the good. actor didn't know karate. No. So it's no. like clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you should have just made him a boxer. Yeah. Yeah. That would work a lot better. Like, or, you know, give the guy, hey, for the next month or so, you're going to take some karate lessons. Or at least, oh, maybe a weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Help somebody, like, give a weekend. I think they just said or do karate. Or get some moves. shots from far away of somebody doing karate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's him. Even Ralph Macchio trained a little bit. <laughs> His karate's pretty bad, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Kincaid, uh, he gets the first nightmare, so to speak. The first nightmare after Kristen's. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jason, his dog is in the dream and digs up Freddy's bones and then pisses fire for some reason. And the the fire starts an earthquake yeah. that opens up the ground where Freddy's bones are buried. There we go. And Freddy reforms. There is a cool scene of his skeleton coming together and the skin yeah. reforming on him. Yeah, it does look really cool. I believe Screaming Mad... Is that his name? Screaming Mad George? Yeah. He did, he did I, some of the visual effects in the movie. Like, I know he did one that's coming up later. Okay. Um, but that, that, this particular effect I thought was really cool. Yeah. So yeah. kudos to them. For very that. cool. Stupid. How the dog pisses fire. Like <laughs> got to take him to the vet. <laughs> yeah. That ain't, that ain't good. Yeah. But he, Freddy- was, with, he was with a dog that was unclean. <laughs> apparently he got some sort of STD. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Kincaid sees Freddie and he's like, Oh shit. Yeah. And, uh, he kind of. He does. He throws a, car throws a car at him on top of him and crushes him. And yeah. he's like, "Yeah, motherfucker!" Yeah, he's like, "Yeah!" <laughs> he's like really excited. Yeah, he's You're right though. <laughs> Take that, motherfucker! And then, but Freddy's not dead, and he's like, "Uh oh!" <laughs> and he goes running away, but uh, he gets trapped by all the cars. Yep. And then he's like, "Kristen, Freddy's back! Freddy's <laughs> back!" And Freddy's back. Yep. And Freddy kills him. Stabs him right in the heart. And then as he's dying, Kincaid says, I'll see you in hell, motherfucker. And Freddy's like, tell him Freddy sent you. That was a pretty nice little kiss off. Yeah. It's like, fuck off, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Kincaid dies of a heart attack. Now, Brody brought up something as we were watching this movie. Do you want to talk about it, Brody? Yeah. So in the beginning, I think you guys both mentioned that we're talking about this. Um, the dog, Jason, uh, Kincaid's dog, bites Kristen's um, 
arm and then when she wakes up there's actually a wound there and i thought that in previous movies that's also how that worked if freddie injured them in the dream they also got injured in real life however king gate gets like stabbed in his heart i believe or somewhere on his chest yeah but he dies of a heart attack yeah yeah because he dies like clutching his chest but there's (laughs) no wound you're right yeah good point so i don't i don't understand like (laughs) Yeah, I don't. The understand. rules of Nightmare on Elm Street are very, very loose. loose. Yeah, <laughs> even within the own movie. Yeah, a lot of plot holes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, then this is all within twenty minutes of each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not even like ah, oh, they won't remember. It's no. like that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> right after that, Joey's got a dream, and he's watching MTV at his house. He's got his headphones on. It's very uh, Johnny Depp from Part One kind very, of nod. Very. And uh, all of a sudden, because uh, he's looking at a poster on his wall, and he's like, "Oh man." That chick's hot. And then all of a sudden he this feels... This guy is always... By the way, this character... He's always horny. He's always yeah. horny. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since he got that teardrop taken off of the side of his heart, <laughs> all he can do is think about sex. Yes. <laughs> the teardrop was keeping him from thinking about sex. Yeah. And all of a sudden his bed starts to shake. He's like, what? And then he like removes the He's sheet. on a waterbed. Yeah. And there is a naked woman. The woman from the poster is now in his waterbed underneath the plastic which is kind of crazy. And he's like, whoa. And, uh, yeah, he's looking at it and he's like, oh, how do I get, how do I get to this chick? <laughs> so stupid. And then Freddie pops out and he says, uh, how's this for a wet dream? Yeah. And pulls him in. Yep. And then yeah. Joey's mom. I think this is what you alluded to in yes. the last uh, one. This, this pisses me off to no end. Okay. <laughs> So Kincaid dies. He dies of like a heart attack, right? Natural causes. Again, this goes back to the whole Jennifer being stuck in the TV from part three. But <laughs> Joey's mom is like cleaning his room and she's like, Joey, you always have you stained slob. sheets. <laughs> you always with these wet dreams. Anyway, she pulls off his sheets off of his bed and there he is inside the yeah, water in the bed. waterbed, like floating. First of all, like any cop that comes over, they're not going to be like, well, that's an accident. Yeah. <laughs> it's physically impossible. Yeah, how, that is impossible. There is no way for that to happen. And the mom's like, oh, no. Without him. We told you not to do this. <laughs> we told you not to climb inside your waterbed. And that's why waterbeds now have a warning label that says, don't crawl inside the. Yeah. Because some guy had to go and get himself killed. Ridiculous. It's oh, so stupid. It's the stupidest <laughs> kill of all of them. <laughs> It's the stupidest one. The one thing I would like to mention, and I thought of this when we were talking about um, Joey in uh, uh, part three, both like in, in part three, um, he's strapped to a bed in this, in this part, he dies on a bed. Like he has a lot to do with beds, beds and naked chicks. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, there's, there's always a chick with boobs. Just tricking him. It's a script tonight. Aren't they both blonde too? Yeah. 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 Listen, <laughs> yeah. He, like, like the majority of teenage boys in America, <laughs> A blonde with big boobs come at you? Yeah. I mean, fuck. C'est la vie. <laughs> Kill me in a waterbed. <laughs> this is the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I ever saw. And I remember spending the night at a friend's house that had HBO. And this was on really late at night. And I remember when that part popped up, like... I remember like the boobs. I was like, oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> and then, uh, but the wet dream thing, I was like, oh wow, this is this is crazy. <laughs> Nuts! And I was like, also, what's a wet dream? <laughs> I don't know, but someday I hope to have one. <laughs> I would get stuck inside my waterbed. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever had a wet dream. No. Like, like I know obviously what they are. But I don't think I've ever had, and and we don't have to get too much into it, bro. <laughs> yeah, but, I know. <laughs> <to> nocturnal emissions. <laughs> but I've never had it to where it's been like, 
<laughs> change the sheets worthy. Oh yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, anyway, next day we're at school. Kristen freaks out because she sees that Kincaid and Joey are truant. They're not at school. Yeah, she knows something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. And uh, Rick like accidentally knocks her out somehow. Like when while she's like freaking out because then she has a dream and this is where we get the Freddy nurse. Yeah, that's so weird. It's like he pushes her against the wall, and then she's like... Out cold. Ugh. Yeah. We probably talked about this, but like people in movies are very easy to knock unconscious. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's that easy no. to knock someone unconscious. No. I watch the UFC all the time, and like these guys get hit in the head multiple times, and they're not knocked out. Yep. I know they're professional fighters, but they're still human beings. Exactly. And they're getting hit by a professional fighter. So, <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So... She's in the nurse's office. Yeah, and then she... Yeah, she sees Freddy. Uh, as a nurse? Yeah. And he's all, he's got this weird smile, but he's dressed as a woman. Yeah, it's gross. (laughs) But she wakes up from that and it's the real nurse. Yeah. It's like, oh, thank God. But is she awake? Oh, yeah, she is awake. Yeah, she wakes up. She wakes up. So Freddie doesn't get her. No. And, uh, but she tells Rick what's going on. She tells all of them because they all go to where Alice works. She works at a diner called the Crave Inn. Oh, Mm. nice. (laughs) Get it? Yeah, Russ Craven. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I didn't get it until he just said it just now. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> here's here's another thing that I don't understand. So Dan, the jock, who has never talked to Alice before, he comes into the diner and uh, he goes up to Alice and he's with his friend and he goes, hey, is Rick here? And she's like, no. And she goes, what? he goes, well, if you see him, tell him that I'm looking for him. And he's like, my name's Dan, by the way. And she's like, yeah, okay. And so he goes down and sits at a table and then Rick comes in with Kristen Mm -hmm. and he's like, we got to go to this Nancy's old house, right? That's where they're going to go. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Dan comes with them. Why? (laughs) Why was Dan looking for Rick? And why did Dan go with them? Why did Rick need Dan to come with them? Like, it's just so like, they never explain it. Yeah. yeah. There could have been a short 30 second thing of them tying that together. Yeah. Like I didn't know if like, they Dan, played, they played Dan was going to sell them like drugs or something. <laughs> I like I, I, I didn't know they do play sports together. That's another thing that happens in this movie. I think where the coach, he's like, "Come on, guys, move it!" And like, oh. there's tons of other guys in the locker room not doing anything, yeah, but he just yeah, points yeah. to just those two. Them. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're all. Everyone else is getting dressed, and they're they're already dressed going to the gym. And the coach is like, "Move Come it, on. guys!" <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, fuck uh, off, us? Leave, <laughs> leave me alone. What's wrong with you? Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so they all go to Nancy's ho- uh, Nancy's old house because Kristen's showing them like, hey, this is where Freddie's from. And she tells them the story yeah. like she's the last of the Elm Street crew, um, the kids and her Brooke Bundy. This is where she has her cameo. She pops in and she even uses her line. <laughs> yeah, her line from the first time she was. in. That's how movie. she signed my poster, by the way. She said my oh, nightmare for poster. Yeah. Andale. I wouldn't even know how to spell that. We Let's can look at my poster. And uh, lay. I, yeah. I don't know how to spell like it. A L E. <laughs> and Dale. Um, Sounds right. After that, we uh, we cut to Kristen's house. Uh, she's at home, and she finds that her mom put sleeping pills in her drink. Oh, and she even tells her mom, she's like, You just killed me. You just killed me. Yeah. Hope you're happy with yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so she falls asleep. Doesn't she say something about, like, because you and your friends, you and your tennis friends had to fucking kill Freddy Krueger, now you're killing me? Or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Like that. She really gives it to yeah, her. Yeah, and she says, take that to your goddamn grave or something like that. Yeah. yeah she really, <laughs> she really, really gives it off. to her right at the end of her life. Yeah. Because she has a dream. She's on a beach. And uh, we get a little Jaws thing. We get the Freddy glove in the water. 
and yeah, then but, out of the water. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so cheesy. <laughs> Freddy's glove pierces like Jaws's shark. Yeah. Fin. And uh, yeah, and then he pops up finally. He's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, he puts the sun- put, yeah he puts the sunglasses on. And he, how does he kill her? Uh, it's like quicksand. Oh, that's and right. And ha- he just holds her, her head down with his foot, but she doesn't die right no, there. No, it pulls her into the house. And then she pulls Alice into her dream to help her. Yep. Like, I don't think she does it on purpose and just kind of instinctly. Yeah. And uh, as soon as Alice pops in, he's like, ah, fresh meat or something yeah. like that. Fresh meat. Yeah. How sweet. Yeah. And then he grabs Kristen and just tosses her in the boiler. Yeah. He burns her alive. And then oh, he yeah. pulls off his shirt again to show all the all souls. All the souls, yeah. Because oh. he did that in part three also uh, towards the end. You yeah. see all the souls. And as she's dying, uh, Kristen like, basically says, like, Alice, I'm passing my power onto you. Yeah. And what we ultimately find out is because Kristen passed her power onto Alice. It's all Kristen's fault. Because <laughs> Kristen passed her power and sucked Alice into her dream, now Freddy is able to attack because they're not the Elm Street kids anymore. That she was, Kristen was the last of them. Yeah. But now he's able to attack Alice and her crew. Yeah. Which is Debbie and Sheila, and Dan, Sheila and Dan and Rick. Rick. And so, like, good job, Kristen. Thanks for doing that. Can I just say something? <laughs> this high school has got to be freaking out right now. All the people dying. Three kids have died so far, and it's like the first week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like one week in. This year's going to be tough. <laughs> I knew senior year was going to be bad. Senior year's going to be hell. <laughs> <laughs> All the other kids in their grade must be like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm glad I wasn't friends with Joey and Kincaid. <laughs> All right, so they're all freaking out because Kristen had died. Alice is depressed. Uh, Rick is sad. Rick's talking to Dan. This is when the coach, I think, even says to them, come on delay (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. he says to them. And they're like, fuck off. But um, they're like, maybe there's something to this Freddy thing. Yeah, something's not right. Yeah. So who has the first dream here? I think it's, uh, well, Alice starts It's actually Alice's dream. And Alice pulls these other people in because Freddie's using her to pull other people into her dreams so he can attack them. Yeah. So she falls asleep during a test and yeah, he pulls, uh, pulls Sheila in. Yeah. And, uh, he kisses Sheila and sucks all the air out of her. Yeah. He says, want to suck face? Yep. Or something like that. And because she has asthma, that's how she dies. Yeah, so she's having world. an asthma attack. So to Brody's point, instead of like deflating like she does in the dream world, she just has an asthma attack and, and dies. dies. Yeah. <laughs> so now now even a kid dies in their own school so yeah. three kids have died and now a fourth kid in, in this, class this is scary stuff but rick falls asleep next yeah rick does he falls asleep while he's taking a shit now i've been pretty comfortable pooping <laughs> i've never been fall asleep comfortable yeah that would you'd have to be really and he's at school tired you can't be comfortable pooping at school. He must just be really tired. He's just exhausted. Yeah. And he's like, maybe he's just, maybe he's not pooping. Maybe he's just like, I'm just going to sit <laughs> I just here a breather. and just relax. <laughs> I've done that before. I've been at work before and I was like, oh God, I just want to, I'm going to go to the bathroom and just sit there. I'm going to pretend to poop. Yep. Every couple of seconds, you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry guys. Still pooping. <laughs> Do some courtesy flushes. <laughs> Dude, we don't care. We don't care what you're doing in there. Yeah. Hey guys, just give me an update. They're like, dude, yes, wait, wait. stop. It's not like someone's in there the whole time going, <laughs> what's he doing in there? Yeah, you know. Oh, I hate pooping in public places. Oh, it's the worst. 
is the absolute worst. Yeah. And then like when you hear somebody enter the bathroom, mm-hmm. you're like, oh no. And then you see them walk <laughs> well, through like the little crack between the door and you and like when there's eye contact, it's like, ah, oh, we saw each other. They saw me at my most vulnerable. <laughs> it's the worst. So yeah, he he uh, falls asleep while taking a shit and he gets sucked into or he's in a dream and he's doing his he's at a dojo. Like karate dojo, yeah. And Freddy's invisible, which is kinda weird. So they're having an invisible fight. Yeah, that, that is weird. Yeah. Did Robert England just not want to do the fight scene? Where they <laughs> just like, wasn't available it. that day. Maybe he had to poop. Like, well, time's a wasting. We'll do it invisible. So uh, he, he fights him. Yeah. And, and he, at first, Freddy's kicking his butt, but then Rick starts fighting back and he's doing good. And then all of a sudden, Freddy's glove appears and just flies at Rick. Yeah, and kills him. Yep. And each time one of her friends dies after Kristen, it's like Alice... Like, gets a jolt of, like, yeah, energy. We're finding out all of their talents and abilities are... Their dream talents, yeah, right? Are, are passing on to Alice. Yeah, I don't know what Sheila's dream talent was. Brains. Oh. Mind over matter. <laughs> yeah, that's what she says. <laughs> that's right. That's how she signed my poster. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so then we uh, cut Debbie. to the funeral. Oh, yeah. And this is kind of a weird scene because Rick like comes out of his own coffin and has kind of a moment mm-hmm. uh, with his sister. Yeah. And he goes, hello, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big baba speaking. Yeah. Very strange. Did but, you also notice like at the funeral for some people, it was like Kincaid and Joey. Some people get funerals, some people don't. Yeah. But Kincaid and Joey are like buried next to each other and they're buried next to Nancy. And then Kristen's buried next to them. It's like they all got funeral plots right next to each other. Plots right next to each other. Yeah, they don't. They don't know how they died. <laughs> yeah, like they, they don't know. Like to the, to the people who don't know anything about Freddy, they still buried them all next yeah, to each other. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And nobody in the no one else in the town died in the interim between each death. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> So they all uh, agreed at the funeral to meet at Debbie's. Another thing. Yeah. Another thing. If you lived in a town where like 20 years ago, and this wasn't even 20 years ago, right? So like it's, it's a year after those people died at the mental hospital. It's like four years after what happened in Elm Street one. And it's like what? 20 years after what happened to Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Like, don't you think you would know the story? Like everybody's like, Who's Freddy? And it has to be explained every fucking movie who Freddy is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if yeah. you live in the town, even if you were new to the town. It'd be folklore at this point. Yeah, like some kid's going to come up to you and go, hmm, you hear about Freddy Krueger yet? And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> of course he, I have, he, dumbass. He killed, he killed children. Like, we know stories about, like, fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, and we don't even live. Yeah. Well, I did. But <laughs> you guys don't even live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah, this would be big news. Yes. <laughs> But not the dream stuff might not be big news, but knowing who Freddy Krueger was when he was like in the real world, like alive, you would know that story. Exactly. And why is Nancy's house associated to Freddy Krueger if nobody lives there anymore? Like I understand in one and two, the house being there, but why is everybody always going back to that house? That's not Freddy Krueger's house. That was Nancy's house. Yeah. And they're always like, it's the Freddy house, but it's not Freddy's house. It's Nancy's house. Maybe it was Freddy's house. But it wasn't. I don't know. I mean, uh, Nancy's mom took Freddy's glove and had it in the boiler in the basement in that movie. That's the only association it had to Freddy. Okay. My questions are over. You may continue. (laughs) So they all agree that they're going to meet at Debbie's that night. And Dan tells Alice, I'll pick you up at the diner tonight. But I'm also thinking, you're at a funeral. She's going to go to work? Yeah. Like the same day? Yeah. She's not going to take bereavement? Nope. 
No, go straight right to work. Like, Listen, your shitty minimum wage job. Money doesn't grow on trees, no, all right? Exactly. Funerals <laughs> my, are expensive. My brother died. I got to go to work. Yeah. I don't think she's going to work, though, because her, doesn't her dad stop her and is like, I need you to stay yeah, home? Yeah, yeah. I and think she, they're just going to meet there. Yeah, You're probably she's right. just going to meet there. That would have been weird. <laughs> but even so, like, after a funeral, that's like. This is where uh, Alice discovers she has nunchuck skills. It's pretty rad, like the nunchucks. Yeah, it is pretty rad, but it's it's from behind, and it's clearly a person with a wig on. <laughs> Brody, Brody goes, I wonder how long it took her to do that. And I go, not long at all, because that's not her. Yeah, that, is, that is a wig. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so she sneaks out, because, yeah, the dad doesn't want her to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as she's walking, she wanders into a movie theater. And starts watching this movie. And we so we know right away, like, this is clear, clearly a dream that's happening. Yep. And she gets sucked into the movie. Now, all of a sudden, she's and in the her, diner. all of her friends, even the dead Yeah, ones, they're in the theater. Yeah, are in the theater. Hanging out. Yeah, and she's in the diner. And her old self is serving her. That was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Because I think at some point, somebody made some sort of reference, like, you don't want to be working here, like, forever. No, that was old. her fear. Yeah. They asked her what her fear was, and she said, like, working here for the rest of my life or yeah. something. But she seemingly wakes up and she's like, she meets up with Dan and she's like, we got to go. Debbie's in trouble. And Debbie's at home lifting weights. Now she's benching at least 10. (laughs) At least 20 pounds. Maybe 20 pounds. (laughs) Like she's, she's working hard. Yeah. She's really breaking a sweat. Did you get Brooke Thies' autograph too? I got her in Chicago. So she wasn't at the one show that we went to, but I got her at a different show. Oh, okay. She was super nice. Was she? Yeah. I had the biggest crush on her oh. on just the 10 of us. She's still quite attractive. Is she? Yeah. I think she signed my poster, yo, needle dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks. Yeah, hey, thanks. I'm very self-conscious. <laughs> what if I was like, who told you? <laughs> she's like, that's a Can quote. you cross it out and write, and it's huge? <laughs> she's like, that's a quote. She's like, oh, okay. I drew it. I, I took a marker and drew a little arrow. I was like, ah, oh, just kidding. Your penis is huge. I'm like, this is clearly your handwriting. Like, no, no, she wrote it. Uh, uh, anyhow yeah but while they're um trying to get to her we get this kind of cool scene this is a cool scene yeah and it's they're stuck in a time loop Mm -hmm. but the first time it happens i remember the first time i saw this movie i was like wait a minute i'm getting deja vu didn't i just see this yeah yeah it happens like three or four times yeah because uh freddie's got them going in circles because she's 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 dreaming. dreaming yeah and That's pretty uh, clever. But Dan figures it out during the dream. He's like, Have we've we already been? had this conversation. Yeah. Um, while that's all going on, Debbie is doing her weightlifting. She's pumping iron. <laughs> pumping iron. Like, she's like Arnold. And yeah, she's working out to Sinead O'Connor, I think, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Freddie, like, grabs a hold of the bar and pushes it down. And the, she's pushing back. Yeah, he's pushing like, ah, back. He's like, no pain, no gain. And she breaks her arms at the oh, elbows yeah it's gross and it cracks mm, but no, out, no bueno out from her arm this is the most disgusting probably of the entire series <laughs> this is the most disgusting out from her arms comes cockroach like like bug arms yeah legs, legs. and uh she's like oh, oh she's like so confused and i've been that confused in dreams to where you're like what's well, happening? i guess this is normal but yeah. you're trying to like compensate for it 
you know, like, like my teeth will fall out in my yep. dreams and I'm like shoving them back in and yep. I'm like, this is how I'm going to do it. Um, this will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Yeah. And she's like walking around with these bug arms and she's like, no, everything's fine. Everything's yeah. great. Mm. She gets caught in like one of these roach motels. Yeah. And, uh, it's she, like the sticky. Yeah. And yeah. she gets stuck on there and then like Freddie, she's like tiny and Freddie like picks it up and shakes it and she falls face first onto it and she's like ripping her body up off of it and she's like screaming yeah it's like fly paper and as she rips her body up it's like straight out of the fucking fly yeah it was awesome she's like ripping out of her own skin yeah her skin falls off and she's now full-on like cockroach it's gross it was really (laughs) gross and then freddie grabs the roach motel and he's like you can check in but you can't check out and squishes her in his hand and then like goo yeah shoots like, out oh yeah that's, oh. it's like a lot too it's like a, it's like a pretty good good sized amount of goo it's like, like a, took a juicy cockroach like eclair yeah. yeah have you ever killed a roach like that though like where you find one and you stomp on it and just and you're like good lord uh probably it's a porker <laughs> you had a full belly oh what is that shit i don't know oh roaches are so gross <laughs> oh, i'm not a fan so she's dead yeah and uh alice is like freaking out but she determines what she has to do she's got all their powers now because now i guess she's strong like Mm -hmm. debbie was she's smart she can do karate yep she has the acrobatic powers of kristen that's right she has the acrobatic powers of kristen do it all and she has this little device that oh that uh, sheila had made because sheila made a bug zapper thing for debbie Mm -hmm. yeah so she's got that frequency so she takes that and she's like i'm gonna go to sleep and and fucking kill this guy yeah because she sees freddie in the road while she's driving and she ends up crashing into a tree dan gets hurt so dan has to go into surgery she's like oh they're gonna put him under he's gonna kill dan unless i do something about it Mm -hmm. so that's where like yeah she like suits up and she puts on different things from all of her different friends yep and she looks herself in the mirror she goes fucking a (laughs) 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 fucking silly (sighs) ultimately she goes in there and she confronts freddie and uh they have a battle yep okay Dan, actually, they wake Dan up out of his thing, and he's like, I need to go back in there. Yeah, because Dan starts bleeding, and they're like, oh, shit, so the doctors bring him out, and yeah, yeah. so he's awake. But she's in there, and uh, she fights Freddy. She takes out the bug zapper, and she zaps him, and it like... Yeah, she uses like a wire that's hanging off. Like, Oh, yeah, they're in a church, too. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, they're in like a church. Yeah, and she's beating the shit out of him, and he just keeps laughing it off. Yeah. She grabs a wire from the wall, and then like touches it to the bug zapper, because apparently that gives it power, power? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like it's, a, it's a dream now you're playing with power <laughs> not yet not till, oh, not till freddy's, freddy's dead, dead. <laughs> don't, sorry. Be, don't be ridiculous <laughs> with the puns save save that one for the best movie <laughs> brody hates that movie <laughs> it's, I, oh it's, it's awful it's awful yeah it's an abomination and yeah so she like shoots him with the uh with the laser it comes like a ghostbusters thing yeah yeah, yeah like a proton pack or something yeah and then like all he the, heals himself all the bodies though all the souls in his chest mm-hmm. they start like reaching out yeah because uh, she like puts a mirror in front of him right and she's like evil shall see itself or something yeah and, and this is where you die. get the linnea quigley boob mm-hmm, uh, putting one. her boobs through his chest and then like one comes out of his head like an arm that's pretty cool and it, like grabs a hold of like a railing and it's mm-hmm. like it's like doing all sorts of stuff it's pretty cool yeah yeah and the souls kind of tear him apart from the inside out and then the souls are set free they all kind of pass on to the other side alice gives him a little rest in hell kiss off yeah and now uh dan and alice are a couple they're a couple and 
They make a wish at a fountain. Yeah. And Freddie's <laughs> reflections in the water. Yeah. And she's like, what? And she just ignores it. But then yeah. Dan's like, what'd you wish for? And she's like, I'm not telling. If I tell you, it won't come true. It's like, I bet you wish for this. <laughs> She's like, bingo. Yep. Part five coming right up. <laughs> All right. And that's the end. That's the end. We of get this Sinead moment. O'Connor again. Nothing compares <laughs> to uh, what is, what's I, I can't O'Connor even sing? remember what song it was. Okay. It's not that one, though. <laughs> uh, what do you think, bro? Uh, I like this movie like like I was saying during my last review like I think I think both these movies are really good they work really well next to each other I actually like this actri- actress for Kristen a lot or not a lot better but better than the one from the previous movie oh okay yeah he told me that last night he's like Tuesday I like, night better he's than like I think she's sure better okay. that's just me though I think they're both great actors I just think or actresses I just think that she did a better job hmm. in this movie yeah um Tuesday night I'm gonna rate it a four what'd you give the last one uh four and a half four and a half okay yeah yeah how about you sir well. I want to talk about something with you, David. <laughs> so I was looking back through our reviews, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And the original Nightmare on Elm Street, you gave a three. Oh. And I gave a two and a half. Oh. And I'm thinking. Yeah. We, some adjustments probably need to be made. <laughs> yeah. So I gave, what did I give? Um, uh, part three? Part three, I gave three and a half, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to have to go up from two and a half to three for the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Because I don't think it's as good as Nightmare on Elm Street 3. But I don't want to say that Nightmare on Elm Street 4 is better than the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So I have to give (laughs) this at least a three. I'm going to give Nightmare on Elm Street 4. I think I'll I'll settle. God, I'm torn. (laughs) I'm kind of torn on this one too. I'm torn between two and a half and three. And I... I don't want to give it a two and a half because it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. So I'll give it a three. Okay. It's a fun movie to watch. There's a lot wrong with this movie. Oh yeah. It's not the worst Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's a lot of fun and there's a lot of cool kills in it. It's not boring at all. The pacing is good. And Freddy's not nearly as annoying as I thought he was. Like I thought like after three, he got really annoying. I think Mm -mm. that starts in five. Yeah. So I'll have to watch five again <laughs> now. But as Brody's pointed out, I think back to back, these movies work really well because you have like the continuation of the, of the dream warrior stuff. And I think like one, three and four work really well in conjunction with another. So I think that would be a good, like triple yeah, feature to, for sure. to, to show, but five also continues this story. Yeah. So I have to watch five again and see what happens in that. But, I haven't seen uh, five in a long time. Neither have I. Yeah. Anyway, a three for me. So you said I gave the first one a three? Uh, yes. Okay, so I'm going to bump that uh, for the same reasons. Uh, so I'm going to give that one a three and a half. I actually really do like the first one. It's a lot of fun. It's I think a good movie. Three, uh, the first one, three and four, in my opinion, are all very, very close. I enjoy all of them. This is my favorite one to watch, mm-hmm. but it's not my favorite. Of the series, I think part three is my favorite, so I gave that one four. I'm going to give this one a three and a half. Mm-hmm. But if you were to say, like on a random day, like, let's watch... A Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I might pick part four just because, it, it, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Like the silliness, like the karate stuff, it's it's so goofy. Well, you've also got nostalgia behind it too because it was the first one It was one the first one saw. I saw, yeah, for sure. So. And like the, the weightlifting scene with like the bug, I think is one of the better kills of the franchise. You know, Freddy's got some one-liners. Yeah, a lot of it's cheesy. Yeah. I just think this movie's fun. So three and a half for me. Which gives it a three and a half overall. There you go. So not too bad. These... Two movies are the best two to watch 
together of yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Did you guys watch them back to back? We did not. Okay. We watched them. Um, we watched. You no, watch them like a night apart? No, we watched them like <laughs> five days apart. Yeah. I think we watched part three on Monday and part. Uh, oh, yeah. We watched part three on Monday. On Monday. And part night. four on Friday. Hmm. Do you need like a palate cleanser? Is it like when you smell cologne no, and, we and you get the coffee grounds? <laughs> we were going to watch it, but uh, it got late one night. Okay. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to stay up too late. We we're going to watch it a, the next day. And I was yeah. like, I don't know if I want to stay up that late. And he was like, well, he goes, I'm not going to stay up that late. And I wasn't going to watch it with you anyway. <laughs> I go, well, we could watch it on Friday. He goes, okay. Nice. <laughs> so that's why we did that. I did them back to back because I already knew going in. I mean, I've seen these both a ton of times. And I've always kind of put them neck and neck. So I was like, all right, I need to watch them one after another and just make a decision which one's better. Yeah. And three is the better movie. And I don't think anybody could argue that. But if they did want to argue that with us, David, how could they argue <laughs> with us? Good transition. Thank uh, you. Uh, there's all sorts of ways you can contact us online. If you're on Twitter, Facebook, the Slasher app, or TikTok, just search The Swearwolves. If you're on Instagram, look us up under The Swearwolves Podcast. We have The Swearwolves YouTube channel. Uh, we have our website, theswearwolves.com, or you can email us at swearwolvespodcast at gmail.com. All right. So for The Swearwolves this week, I'm Brett. I'm David. I'm Brody. And Andale. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it works. Boom. <laughs>